0: out of Virginia where hundreds of drivers have been stranded in their vehicles since yesterday afternoon. It's all happening on I-95 near the town of Fredericksburg. It's about 60 miles outside of D.C. More than a foot of snow fell in the region on Monday morning, but that seemed to have led to this, multiple accidents, and it also turned this major highway, this interstate, into a parking lot for miles and miles. We're told crews are working at this hour to get things moving once again, but this has been a dangerous situation and a real nightmare for hundreds of people. Traffic frozen in place for dozens of miles in the middle of winter. I wanna bring in first Kristen Powers. She's a reporter with WJLA in Washington. Kristen, you've been KIND OF IN THE MIDDLE OF THIS SINCE EARLY THIS MORNING AS YOU WERE GETTING REPORTS OF PEOPLE BEING STRANDED. WHAT'S HAPPENING RIGHT NOW?
1: YEAH, KATE, I WAS STUCK IN IT SINCE ABOUT 2 A.M. AT THIS POINT, THOUGH, THERE'S SOME PEOPLE WHO HAVE BEEN STUCK ON I-95 FOR 21 HOURS uh, AND COUNTING. SO RIGHT NOW I ACTUALLY WAS JUST ABLE TO, I CALL IT, ESCAPE. Uh, VDOT WAS SAYING, they're letting people off on the nearest exits closer to them, and that was true. I got off near Woodbridge. I'm going to turn around my camera just so you can see. Uh, and basically, what's happening on my end of what I'm seeing is people who got off, including a lot of truck drivers, they are now lining those side roads, uh, you know, trying to find a different route. What I also saw is trucks, getting gas. I saw a lot of gas canisters on the sides of trucks there. So that's what's happening here, but back on I-95, I just checked in with a colleague who's closer to Stafford. Uh, Stafford is the area where the majority of the big backlog is happening and people have been there for 21 hours and counting. He says THE self LANE IS STILL AT A STANDSTILL, AND THIS IS A GRIDLOCK THAT PEOPLE HAVE BEEN IN ALL NIGHT, REALLY, AND YOU CAN ONLY IMAGINE. SOME ARE RUNNING OUT OF GAS, SO SOME ARE TURNING ON AND OFF THEIR CARS TO CONSERVE THAT. SOME PEOPLE HAVE RUN OUT OF GAS, ran OUT OF FOOD, WATER, AND THEN THERE'S JUST THE URGE TO NEED TO GO TO THE RESTROOM. SOME PEOPLE, uh, YOU KNOW, HAVEN'T BEEN ABLE TO DO THAT EITHER. So. It is quite a mess, and VDOT says they are responding, but it's definitely taking time, and uh, a lot of people are frustrated here.
0: Understandably so. I mean, tell me more about what you are hearing from or what the governor has said and what the Department of Transportation is saying about this. It's it's one thing to say they're working to get things moving, but it's another thing entirely when people have been literally stranded in place for 21 hours of why it's not moving.
1: Yeah, we did reach out to Governor Ralph Northam uh, numerous times. Hadn't heard back from him, but a few hours ago, he did tweet out a statement saying that his office has been working with VDOT and the corresponding agencies in order to help get people out of this mess and guide them. He also said people who were stuck would be getting an alert on their phones, letting them know that help is on the way. Uh, a few of the people who are stranded, who I've been in contact with, just from social media, they got that alert. I personally never got that alert when I was stuck. Um, and he also had mentioned coming out and setting up some spaces for people to uh, warm up. But I, again, got off, so I was not able to see that in action. Uh, we did ask, because a lot of people are were asking uh, us, and they were inquiring as they're just stuck sitting here, If the National Guard would be on hand to help out with the situation, help out in the efforts to get people off I-95, both uh, northbound and southbound, because this is happening on both lanes, northbound moving a little more, southbound not moving at all. uh, But the governor did not respond to that question when we did ask that.
0: We'll stay on top of that for sure. A lot of questions to be asked now. Um, Kristen, thank you very much for your reporting. I really appreciate it from our affiliate, from uh, local affiliate WJLA. Really appreciate it. Let's go now to CNN's Weather Center for a little bit more on what may have caused all of this mess. Mess. Chad Myers has been looking at this and he's joining us right now. Chad, the weather that brought this about, was this unexpected? How did it get so bad?
2: Well, the forecast was not unexpected. The forecast was really spot on. The computers did a very, very good job. Um, What brought it on was that it was raining at midnight. Then it got cold enough to snow. And then it snowed two to three inches per hour and people weren't prepared to try to drive in that. One person slid off, somebody else had to slow down. You know, it's not a completely flat area there. You gotta get up a hill, trucks getting in down a hill. So there was a lot involved here, but you know, the, the, look at how much of the area picked up as much snow and we only have one real area that's been so, so impacted. now. New Jersey, the southern part of New Jersey was impacted a lot too, don't get me wrong. But 14.6 inches of snow, right where most of the problem occurred. People just couldn't get moving. Plows couldn't get through because the cars were in the way. It was 47 degrees at midnight. Then all of a sudden it was raining. Then all of a sudden it wasn't raining. It was changing over to snow. And then by 2 o'clock, it was snowing so hard, people couldn't get out of the way. They couldn't get out of the snow that they were building. They were packing it down. This is snowball man snow. And so when you pack it down, it doesn't go out of the way. It doesn't just fly away like a powder. This was and still is a very big problem.
0: Chad, thanks so much for that. So for the hundreds of people stuck in this gridlock since Monday afternoon, this quickly turned from inconvenience to a nightmare. Joining me now on the phone are two people who both spent their nights stranded in their cars. Sean Stafford is with us as well as Susan Phelan joining on the phone. Susan. Susan. You've yeah. start, I think you've just started moving. And for everyone out there, Susan and I have known each other for years from working on the Hill. I'm so sorry we're reconnecting this way, Susan, for goodness sake. I you, know. you've, you've just started moving, but what are things looking like where you where you are now?
3: I am, I am just north of Quantico now, and I'm very excited because the, the streets are wet, but they're not slushy. They're not, they're not icy. Traffic's moving at probably 50 miles an hour. Um, I pulled off to the side to to, uh, talk on the phone, but on the uh, southbound side, it's absolute gridlock again. It's semi truck after semi truck after semi, it's just thousands and thousands not moving, not even rolling an inch.
0: What has the last 24, it's a little short of 24 hours for you, but what has the last day been like? I mean, you get to sleep in your car
3: yeah there, well there wasn't even a whole lot of sleep the all, the only benefit was uh I, I had a charger cord for my phone i had heat and uh, i had cell connection and internet which was a lot more than i had at the house that i left uh, I, I left the house in fredericksburg to go to a different house in alexandria where the where the power was on uh, but because the, uh, i didn't have cell phone or internet connection at the house in Fredericksburg I didn't I wasn't able to see this nightmare I was walking into until I was smack dab in the middle of it and then it was too late.
0: Oh my gosh I mean you've been you've been in the D.C. area for years Uh, have you seen anything like this before? I
3: never have the times I've seen anything close I've just been lucky enough to not be a part of it uh, or sitting in the middle of it but it's I'm only 50 miles from where I need to be, and it's completely frustrating to have, I mean, I, I got on the on the interstate last night at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's 11 o'clock in the morning now, so I've been, I could have walked home faster than this, <laughs> pretty much.
0: I mean, sadly, that's true, except for the fact that it was, you know, got into the 20s last night and would have been yeah. super, even more dangerous for you. Uh, well, Sean, let me bring... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Susan. What? Now I was going to say that's the scary part. Is I'm I'm healthy and I could park the car and
3: walk out of this, but uh, there are a lot of people out here—the elderly, the infirm, people who can't walk, uh, people who need medicine. Um, it's not like there are food trucks out here, and not even bathrooms. So it can it can turn into from from a convenience into a crisis pretty quickly, and then from a crisis to a tragedy even faster.
0: I think that's the real concern right now, is, is that as the hours tick on, um, we don't know the full extent of how people are really doing that are stuck in this, that are still stuck. Let me bring Sean in. Sean, Susan was just talking about her experience overnight. Can you tell us about what about your experience? I mean, you're trying to make it home to Long Island, New York.
4: Uh, yeah, mine so I was a bit longer. I started in uh, central Florida at 4 a.m. on Monday, and I got to... Uh, 95 in Virginia, about 5 o'clock after GPS tried to take me out some side roads that were then blocked by somewhere a trailer that couldn't get through a a tiny snowy lane. And then I spent the night there with uh, the puppy that I was bringing up from Florida and clothes that I was wearing in Florida. So it was, you know, a little worrisome uh, to have to keep the heat running and hopefully not run out of gas at the same time.
0: I mean, it did get down into the 20s overnight. I mean, were you scared, Sean? Uh, no, I
4: had, uh, I mean, i would had over half a tank. Um, and I've unfortunately you know, had jobs where I've had to sleep in a car overnight or work cold. So I wasn't too worried. Um, I had enough water. Thankfully, I packed a bunch uh, before I left. Um, but, you know, my wife was at home with our two kids. She was worried, so she didn't sleep at all. I mean, I didn't sleep very much either in the car, but... Uh, not scared, but, you know, frustrating and a little worrying at times, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're. It's. I think it's important to remind folks, it's not like you are both stuck on a, on a county back road that we all have traveled on many times. I mean, you're on I-95. How many emergency vehicles or even snow plows have you seen through this whole ordeal, Sean?
4: Uh, I saw a number of snow plows um, on the southbound side. They kept into the... Replowing an area that looked pretty clean. I guess they were just trying to keep it clean, even though it had stopped sowing hours ago. Um, The only other vehicle I saw was a um, kind of a pickup with kind of boxes on it, you know, for tools and whatnot. They drove up to another car near me. I didn't see what they were doing. Um, But other than that, I didn't see any emergency vehicles until this morning when a, a sheriff's car passed me. Uh, I did get the two alerts that were that were mentioned, mm-hmm. um but you know those are just messages on my phone. they didn't materialize into anything that I could use besides you know a loud noise scaring my dog for no reason um but on that I yeah, did not see a lot of not really a lot of help out there unfortunately
0: yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're, you're doing okay, Sean, and that hopefully you'll be on your way. That's the thing we don't know, is how quickly everyone's actually going to be getting on their way. Um, but thank you for coming on. Susan, thank you so much for jumping on the phone with me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Anytime. Thanks. Kate. Thank you so much. Get home safe, please.
5: Hello, everyone. It's seven o'clock, with Omicron cases surging across the country. Multiple NHS trusts in England have declared major incidents because of staff shortages. And the Royal College of Nursing has called for the government to take a more cautious approach on restrictions. There are concerns about what could happen with children going back to school today and the return to work after the Christmas and New Year holiday. We're going to speak to the vaccine minister, Maggie Throop. The shadow education secretary, Bridget Phillipson, as well as the NHS providers, Chris Hobson. Also this morning, we'll chat to the chair of the government's vaccine advisory committee and the director of the Oxford Vaccine Group, Professor Sir Andrew Pollard. Exactly a year since the AstraZeneca jab was first
6: rolled out. Plus.
5: and the music medic who went from DJing in his scrubs in the kitchen to opening London's New Year's Day Parade and supporting Fatboy Slim will speak to NHS doctor DJ Kishan Badalia at around half past nine. It's Tuesday, the 4th of January. As many as six NHS trusts declare critical incidents as nurse leaders tell the government the NHS can ill afford the level of staff shortages caused by Omicron. Back to school and back to masks. Secondary school pupils in England will wear face coverings in classrooms as they head back today.
7: I'm live here at Victoria Station in central London, where the Omicron variant is beginning to have a real impact on staffing levels for rail companies.
5: Plus, decision day. The civil lawsuit against Prince Andrew over allegations of sexual assault reaches a crucial moment in a New York court today.
8: 6 came. One
9: remains, and that is Peter Wright.
5: Starting the new year in the right way, the Scott Peter Ride takes home the Darts World Championship title for the second time. Hello, good morning. Multiple NHS trusts across England have declared critical incidents because of staff shortages caused by the spread of the new Omicron variant. The Royal College of Nursing has written to the Health Secretary saying that the NHS can ill afford the current level of absences and urging a more cautious approach to restrictions. And the concerns go beyond the NHS, with more than a million Britons in self-isolation as children go back to work and school after the Christmas holidays. Well, let's talk to our correspondent, Tamara, who's here with me in the studio. Um, A lot of pressure on the government, isn't there? With, With the pressure from the NHS and the fact that these critical incidents have been declared at a number of trusts, plus... All of the children going
6: back to school in the next day or so. Absolutely. And it feels that the pressure, unlike previous waves, is not because of huge numbers of patients going to hospital, although that is ticking up all the time, but because of the sheer pressure of staff shortages, doctors and nurses being off with COVID, people in social care being off with COVID, so patients can't be discharged. And of course, increasingly, teachers being off with COVID, meaning children are being sent, risk being sent home from schools as soon as they get back. We're now seeing hospitals declaring critical incidents. With understand there are around half a dozen who have declared them internally because of staff shortages taking out at one in ten, we think, across the board but in some trusts, huge whole wards being taken out by people having Covid and so that's where the pressure is coming from. Now, Boris Johnson made very clear yesterday when he appeared at a vaccine centre, he didn't expect to introduce more restrictions in England this week. The Cabinet are meeting tomorrow and we expect they're going to continue with Plan B, which is working from home, mandatory mandatory masks on public transport and indoors, but not any more than that, not going as far as as Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland have. The Royal College of Nurses are now saying they should go further, but for so far, the government are holding firm and saying that despite the pressure on hospitals, they hope things can continue as they are. We'll need to see whether all that mixing over Christmas, the impact of schools going back, makes a difference in the coming weeks. OK, well, we'll
5: put some of those points now, uh, to Maggie Throop. Uh, she is the Parliamentary Understate uh, for Vaccine and Public Health uh, Vaccines Minister. Good to talk to you uh, today, Maggie Throop. Uh, let, let's just start with, with getting some of the facts as how they've emerged over Christmas and New Year. How many Britons are currently in self-isolation?
10: I'm not sure of that actual figure, but I think what it's, uh, what's shown over Christmas is that a lot of people have caught the disease. That it, you know, the Omicron variant is very transmissible. But what is good news? It doesn't seem to be resulting in a severe uh, disease as some of the other variants did. So that is really good news, and obviously people were taking precautions over Christmas, and I'd like to thank them for that.
5: Uh, you are uh, the Minister for Public Health. Surely you should know how many people are in self-isolation.
10: Well, not everybody declares that they're self-isolating. Uh, I think that's one important thing, that, it, that it's something that they do uh, because they've tested positive or they've been in contact with somebody who's tested positive. They don't have to uh, uh, report that in. But I think what has, has been uh, so clear over the recent weeks is that the, the uh, vaccine is working and that's the best way to stop the transmission and to stop hospitalisations and for our life to get back to normal. But in terms of of how we're going to manage the
5: NHS in coming days, in terms of how we're going to manage schools and and even workplaces, how how can the government do that if it doesn't know how many people are self-isolating? When we know the latest figures about positive tests, for example, but, you know, over a million positive tests, that that means the people that they know, the people that they live with, will also have to self-isolate, doesn't it? So we could be, be looking at four, five million people, potentially, or even more, you just don't know.
10: Well, I think the important thing is that we are looking at the data all the time with regards to hospitalizations, as you say, people who have actually tested positive, and also the number of people in uh, the, uh, the high-dependency units as well. I think at the moment, you know, if you look at people who have been hospitalised, then they are going in with uh, less severe conditions than before, and the numbers that are in hospital beds is about half what it was a year ago. And that just shows the power of the vaccine. And my message today is, if you haven't Forward for your booster yet, come forward. If you haven't had your first uh, dose of vaccine or delayed your second dose, th- there's always a chance to come forward to get those uh, life-saving vaccines. It's never too late and that offer is always open.
5: We'll, we'll come on to the NHS in a moment, but it, on the subject of vaccines, there, were, there are around 2 million booster appointments that have yet been taken. We know that a lot of booster centres were even open on Christmas Day. Um, do, is this that people are not bothering to get their booster? Or have they got a booked appointment and they've then gone to a walk-in centre and got it separately? Why do you think there are so many appointments that are, are being missed for boosters?
10: I'm not sure about it being missed, but we did open up the National Booking Service so people could come along and get a vaccine when they, you know, when, when they booked the vaccine or the walk-in centres as well. And they were hugely, hugely popular before Christmas. And, you know, so many people took up that offer. Over 34 million but there people... Are, there are 2 million vaccine and
5: appointments and available this week. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're desperate for and people quite, to get it, vaccines. It, why, why are there all these appointments available?
10: Well, it's quite right that we have those opportunities uh, there for people to come forward to get their booster. It would be wrong of us if we shut shut down the the National Booking Service and just expected people to go go into walk-ins. It's quite right that offer is there for people to book their vaccine, whether it's their booster dose or, as I said, their first dose or second dose. That offer is always open and it's quite right that across the country people can make their their appointments and come forward for their vaccine.
5: But in terms of numbers, only 100,000 were boosted yesterday, so the numbers have really declined, haven't they?
10: I think we, you know, we've just been through two weekends of bank holiday and I think that's you know, quite clear that numbers will change as we move forward. And it, what was really incredible is the number of people coming forward on Christmas Day and even on the bank holidays we had more people coming forward on the bank holidays than other bank holidays in the past. So people have really taken uh, the vaccine programme to heart and it's probably the most successful vaccine programme that the NHS has ever run and probably one of the most successful across the whole world as well. And I want to thank everybody for playing their part, whether it's the NHS, the thousands, in fact, millions of volunteers that have really helped make a difference and people coming forward to get that that life-saving vaccine in such a timely way.
5: Mm. Nevertheless, we're seeing critical incidents at a number of hospitals. Um, How how many exactly, uh, how many, we think about half a dozen NHS trusts have had critical incidents because of staff shortages. How many exactly do you know?
10: Well, I think you know, the critical incidents are announced and then there can be very short-term uh, ones. Uh, and it's saying to the other uh, trusts around, you know, can we have some extra help, can we have some mutual aid? Sometimes it's just a matter of hours that the critical incident's in place for. Other times it's longer. But it's actually reaching out to the, the wider NHS to say, you know, we have got a problem in this particular area. And it is sometimes quite geographical as well and for different reasons. It could be staff shortages, it could be other reasons. So it's quite right Do you know how protest... Many... Do you know how many we're at this
5: morning, for example? I know, as you say, it is fast-moving,
10: but, you
5: know, what are the latest figures from this morning?
10: Well, it is fast-moving. That's why it'd be wrong of me to actually say a number, because, you know, quite shortly, there could be another one or another trust could actually say, no, we're back on track now and we're OK. And it's a mechanism that's been put in place in the past. And, yeah, I'm sure... Sorry, is it, is it, we sorry to cut across you, but purpose. is it
5: wrong, wrong for you to say... I mean, we wouldn't want you to mislead, but, you know, it strikes me that perhaps you just don't
10: know. But I, to, be, to be honest, I haven't had an update this morning. As we know, the uh, Lincolnshire Hospital Trust declared one yesterday and others have declared them in the past. And I think, as I've said, it can be very short-lived and, uh, and it can be longer as well. But it's for different reasons. Sometimes it's staff shortages, sometimes it's bed capacity. It's a complete mixture. And it's quite right... You're, you're that the Minister for, for Vaccines and Public Health. Mm. You're the Minister for Vaccines
5: and Public Health. The government has has put you up today to talk to us about COVID, to talk about the pressure on the NHS and to reflect on the last 12 months of the AstraZeneca vaccine, but surely in that case you should know how many NHS trusts are in critical measures at the moment and indeed how many people in the UK are self-isolating. They seem to be really key bits of data that the public want to know. They want to know how many people are are self-isolating. They want to know if their local hospital trust is, is in a critical condition or not. Does the government have a handle on this?
10: It definitely does. And obviously, the, there's meetings on a very, very... Well, on a daily basis with the key people within, within NHS England. And there'll be an update later on on that situation. But as I've said, the, you know, the best thing to do to, to help to protect the NHS and to make sure that other major uh, uh, infrastructure can continue is for people to come forward for their vaccines. As you say, it's actually just a year today since the uh, Brian Pinker had that first Oxford AstraZeneca uh, Vaccine out of clinical trials, and that's a real good milestone. And it's an amazing achievement for British research and innovation that since then, over 50 million of those doses of the Astra- AstraZeneca vaccine have been put into arms in the UK, and 2.5 billion doses across the world have been administered of that particular vaccine. And it's testament to the work that's gone on within the UK.
5: Absolutely, and nobody wants to to take away from that. But but equally, we also have to to look at the current situations we have it now, not the situation over the last 12 months. And and the Royal College of Nursing have called on Sajid Javid to work with counterparts across government for a more cautious approach in England. Um, The the RCN's also said it's concerned about the fact that there are different regulations in different parts uh, of the UK nations. We're hearing about pressure on maternity departments. We know that some hospitals in the north are now not allowing visitors again. It it does seem that the messaging that's coming from the health service is that the government needs to be doing more. Is the government listening? Is the government prepared to bring in more restrictions?
10: Look, as the Prime Minister said yesterday, that we have got Plan B, which is people working from home, uh, the the Covid pass, uh, face coverings, and obviously the vaccine programme, which is so, so important. These are all important, but if they're not working, if we have six
5: trusts in, in critical measures, then... It suggests that the plan B possibly isn't as effective as it might be and
10: that do we need to be looking at plan C? no, plan b is working uh, as you can see from the number of hospitalizations it's far far fewer than this time uh, last year and that's so important as well that you know the vaccines are working the measures to, for people to work from home are working and we are, you know people have been really really compliant it's really good news that people want to do their uh, part to make sure that we get this virus under control and you know the, the prime minister said that you know plan b is working there'll be a cabinet uh, meeting today and uh, you know, i don't see any and why we need to change. It's important that we do follow the data. We've done that all along and we'll continue to do that. And, you know, people are playing their part and I want to thank them for that. You're
5: talking about the vaccines and how important they are. Um, why are we then selling off at a UK vaccine development centre near Oxford, the, the Vaccine Manufacturing and Innovation Centre? I mean, that doesn't seem like a great confidence boost, does it, it that if, if we are selling off
10: these facilities as soon as they appear successful? Well, I wouldn't want to comment on the commercial decision, but I think what is important that we've got um, a good supply of vaccines. We've, we've got the, the Pfizer, the Moderna, AstraZeneca and others coming online as well. And it's important that people do come forward uh, for those first vaccines and the, and the second one as well. It, you, that offer is always open. And I think what was really encouraging as well, was, as the booster programme uh, uh, was turbocharged, more people came forward for their first dose as well. I think they've seen just how important it is. They've seen other people get the vaccine. And they've also sadly heard the uh, people say that they've been seriously ill because they haven't, well, they haven't had the vaccine. And to put that message out that vaccines are important, they do uh, save people from getting serious disease, and they do save lives.
5: Yeah, despite that, we still have six trusts and critical incidents. Um, Maggie, through Parliamentary Under Secretary of State for Vaccines and Public Health, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Well, let's take a look now at the latest COVID data. 157,758 new cases were reported in England and Scotland in the latest 24 hour period. 42 deaths were recorded in England, bringing the total number of deaths within 28 days of a positive test across the UK to 148,893. Well, those high numbers of Omicron cases is also impacting the railways, with staff forced to isolate and train services in turn being cancelled at skies ender braided joins me now from victoria station in central london hi ender so you've managed to avoid COVID all over christmas you've not seen necessarily all your nearest and dearest you're back to work today and then you find out the trains don't work
7: yes the train companies are really really struggling all because of COVID and the rise of the omicron variant so it's having a huge impact on staffing levels the information I have is that staff absence is running at 9.9% across the industry over the past two weeks of the festive season. So touching 10% of staff out, Omicron is having a massive, massive impact. And the end result is train companies are having to collapse their timetables, run reduced schedules. There are some short-term cancellations in place as well. Now, we've spoken to the Rail Delivery Group, and they say to just bear with the train companies. They're doing their best. They're putting in place measures, that are designed to give people some sort of, you know, access and confidence in the system. They're urging people to get online so they can see what trains are being cancelled. But here at London Victoria, it is... Probably the quietest I've ever seen it in this week of the year. There's hardly anyone inside. Very, very few trains running. Southern Rail have stopped all of their services in and out of London, Victoria, until the 10th of January. And that is as a direct result of staff absences. So the Gatwick Express, for example, not running from here either. So a very tricky period for the rail industry. Staff absences now running at 9.9%. Tricky
5: indeed. it thanks very much. Well, later on the programme, we're going to talk to the Shadow Education Secretary, Bridget Phillipson, about today's return to school. And at five past eight this morning, we'll talk to the government's chair of the Vaccine Advisory Committee and director of the Oxford Vaccine Group, Professor Sir Andrew Pollard, as we mark one year since the AstraZeneca jab was first rolled out. And then ahead at half past eight, I'm going to talk to the Chief Executive of the NHS Providers and also a COVID-19 intensive care unit anesthetist about the current staffing pressures on the health service. Lawyers for Prince Andrew will today call on a judge in the US to throw out the sexual assault case he's facing. The case has been bought by Virginia Dufresne and a legal document made public yesterday shows that she entered into a settlement agreement with Jeffrey Epstein, which the Duke of York's lawyers claim also covers him. It's up to the judge to decide whether he should be immune from liability. Sky's Joe Pike reports now from New York.
11: Among Prince Andrew's close friends, a child sex trafficker and a prolific paedophile. The Duke of York travelled on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet and Mr Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell were invited to Balmoral and Windsor Castle. But it's the accusation Prince Andrew sexually assaulted Virginia Dufresne three times when she was 17 years old. That is at the heart of this case. He denies wrongdoing.
10: He knows exactly what he's done, and um, I hope he comes clean about it. Thank you.
11: The secret document shows Jeffrey Epstein paid Virginia Dufresne $500,000 in a 2009 settlement. There is no mention of Prince Andrew. However, it includes a clause which says Virginia Dufresne does release, acquit, satisfy and discharge any other potential defendants from all and all manner of action. Now this is the clause which Prince Andrew's lawyers are likely to argue means the whole case should now be thrown out. Virginia Dufresne's team say this document is irrelevant and the fact that the prince isn't even mentioned means he's not covered by it. Ultimately it's up to the judge to decide if this case should go ahead, but if it does expect a full civil trial in the autumn. In civil cases parties usually settle before that happens, but some legal experts think one of the parties in this case may be loath to do that.
12: Virginia is already a multi-millionaire because she was able to settle against Epstein's estate. So there's less pressure on her to take a settlement and make the case disappear. She's not as needy as she might have been several years ago. In that sense, this is the sort of case where Virginia herself and her lawyers might say to Prince Andrew, we don't care how much you pay, we're not settling. We want the truth to be told, we wanna have a trial.
11: The next hearing in this case takes place later today. Tarnishing the start of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee year and raising further questions about the judgement of the man said to be her favourite son. Joe Pike, Sky News, New York.
5: Meanwhile, one of America's most high-profile investigators is demanding that Donald Trump and his two eldest children give evidence in an investigation into his business empire. New York's Attorney General issued the subpoena. The former president's lawyer called it a political witch hunt. The Trump family has asked the court to stop the action. Our US correspondent, Greg Milam, has more.
13: It's, it's certainly the most significant moment in, in an investigation that's gone on for three years now. This, this subpoena for Donald Trump and two of his children by the Attorney-General would, would ask for them to be interviewed uh, under oath. And, of course, Donald Jr and Ivanka were key to the running of the Trump organisation, particularly when their father was in the White House. The indication is they won't comply with this, uh, this subpoena, so the chance they could be held in in contempt of court. So there's a long way to go in this. The the central allegation that this investigation is looking at is this claim that the Trump organisation would inflate the value of its properties and its assets when it was trying to borrow money against them and then deflate those values when they were filling in the tax return. Uh, It is a a civil case. Lots of documents handed over already. We know there's been this battle over Donald Trump's personal tax return. That's part of it as well. There is a criminal case too. The the Trump organisation has denied these allegations. In fact, they filed a law suit to stop this investigation from going ahead. They say it's politically motivated. They've called it a witch hunt, which, of course, is familiar, because aside from the business, there's all the politics. And and this is the week when America will look back on January the 6th last year and that attack on Congress and Donald Trump planning to hold a news conference on the anniversary on on Thursday to put his side once again of of that story. So a a new year, but, but familiar old themes for Donald Trump.
5: Let's take a look at some of the other stories making the news this morning. And the founder of a failed Silicon Valley startup that promised to revolutionize healthcare has been found guilty of fraud in California. Prosecutors argued that Theranos's founder, Elizabeth Holmes, lied to investors by claiming that her company's technology could detect diseases from just a few drops of blood. Well, the former billionaire denied the charges, but now faces up to 80 years in prison. The Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, has been admitted to hospital with what is thought to be an intestinal obstruction which could require surgery, according to his medical team. The hospital said his condition is improving. The Brazilian's been hospitalised several times for similar problems since being stabbed in the abdomen during a campaign rally in 2018. Charities are calling on the government to open more safe routes to people seeking asylum in the UK after data showed the number of people making dangerous journeys across the Channel in flimsy inflatable boats trebled last year. More than 28,300 people were known to have crossed the Channel in 2021, according to the Press Association news agency. Private parking companies are handing out an average of more than 22,000 tickets every day to drivers. Analysis of government data shows four million tickets were issued to British motorists between April and September, despite a reduction in cars on the road due to the pandemic. And it's been a festive three weeks at the World Darts Championships. Fans have turned up at Alexandra Palace in London in fancy dress and good voice, ready to party. And it all came to a noisy and exciting climax last night as Peter Wright took home the title in a thrilling final against Michael Smith. Sky's Kamali Melbourne reports.
14: One remains, and that is
15: Peter Wright. Peter Wright is the champion of the
11: world for the second time.
16: This is the moment that Peter Wright claimed glory in front of hundreds of fanatical fans at the new home of darts, Alexandra Palace in London. The world number two known to his fans as Snake Bite, bested his rival, bully boy, Michael Smith to claim his second title.
7: It's not about me, it's about the future of darts, and this man, he let me in today. I, I just love him, bitch, and I, I feel so bad because I know as soon as he gets a major he will just trounce everybody, and
16: you will. The 51-year-old Scotsman with the mohawk and snake tattoo joins Phil Taylor, John Part, Adrian Lewis, Gary Anderson and Michael Van Goren as a multiple-title Honda. An emotional end to three weeks of competition. Time now for wife Joanne, the new trophy, and the half-a-million-pound prize money.
5: I'm going to be speaking to Peter Wright before the end of the show, hopefully, so stay tuned for that. Uh, right, let's get a quick look at the weather.
11: Look forward to brighter skies. The Weather, sponsored by Qatar Airways.
5: A stiff northerly wind will make it cold today. It's mostly clear, dry, and cold now, with icy stretches in the north, but there are wintry showers near north facing coasts. Southern England, more general patchy rain. Cloud and rain, mostly clear from the northwest during the morning.
11: The Weather, sponsored by Qatar Airways.
5: Now, if you think it's chilly out there, take a look at this. A winter storm brought heavy snow to Washington, D.C., affecting everyone from the president to also some pandas, apparently. Show us the pandas. There they are. Yeah, love a panda. It's almost camouflaged if it stands very still next to the tree. Uh, Around ten inches of snow was forecast, which closed schools, government offices and even grounded the president's helicopter as he left Air Force One, returning to Washington after a week in Delaware. But some appeared to enjoy the weather. These pandas are at the Smithsonian Zoo, and they did seem quite happy, don't they, wandering uh, across the frozen ground. Sure, they've still got some bamboo. Now, coming up, the latest as schools across the country head back to the classroom with new COVID-19 measures in place. Welcome back. You're watching Sky News Breakfast. Well, we're talking a lot about Omicron and schools and the health service this morning. Uh, Let's bring in Tamara Cohen, our political correspondent, who's with me now. Uh, We spoke to uh, the vaccines minister, one of the vaccines ministers earlier in the programme, wasn't able to give us a lot of answers about... The numbers of infection across the UK.
6: That's right. So we know that there are um, well over 100,000 positive tests a day at the moment, but that's been a bit disrupted over Christmas with some parts of the UK not reporting them and they could of course be far higher with people not getting tested. The vaccines minister couldn't tell us how many people might be in isolation. Of course it looks like it's probably over a million if everybody who's got it is in isolation for at least seven days. Um, their contacts no, no, no longer need to isolate unless they're unvaccinated, in which case they do. So how high it is, she couldn't tell us. The government are working on the basis of potentially a fifth or a quarter of staff being off with COVID in the coming weeks when they look at the NHS and schools. Um, But this is what Maggie Throop told us earlier.
10: I'm not sure of that actual figure, but I think what it's, uh, what's shown over Christmas is that a lot of people have caught the disease, that, you know, the Omicron variant is very transmissible, but what is good news, it doesn't seem to be resulting in severe uh, disease as some of the other variants did. Do you know it's how unfree- many we're at
5: this morning, for example? I know, as you say, it is fast moving, but you know, what are the latest figures from this morning?
10: Well, it is fast-moving. That's why it would be wrong of me to actually uh, say a number because, you know, quite shortly, there could be another one or uh, another trust could actually say, no, we're back on track now and we're OK. And it's a mechanism that's been put in place in the past and, yeah, I'm sorry, sure... Sorry to cross across but is it, sorry, you, happen, but it, is yes. it
5: wrong, wrong for you to say... I mean, we wouldn't want you to mislead, but, uh, you know, it strikes me that perhaps you just don't know.
10: To be be honest, I haven't had an update this morning. As we know, the uh, Lincolnshire Hospital Trust declared one yesterday and others have declared them in the past. I think, as I've said, it can be very short-lived.
5: Well, of course, many questions for uh, the education world as well. The Joint General Secretary of the National Education Union, Mary Bastard, joins me now. Um, In terms of the advice that teachers and schools have been given
17: from the government, is it clear enough... Well, it's, it is clear. Um, that the advice is clear. The, the, the problem is it was issued three days ago. And it's, you know, I don't I simply don't understand why advice which schools have to adopt needs to be issued so late. It's yet another case of the government just being last minute about guidance, which it could easily have issued earlier to give schools more time to prepare. But the advice is clear. Um, children will, they, if you're a secondary school pupil, you'll be do it, taking two lateral flow tests this week. You will be required to wear masks in the corridors and in classrooms, and uh, so that advice is clear. Uh, we would also say that the vaccination rate for second for secondary pupils is less than half. Pupils have had their first dose, and that is an, another important measure in order to keep um, uh, COVID suppression uh, as low as possible. Uh, the suppression of the transmission of the virus as low as possible in schools. How well equipped are schools
5: to deal with absences? We don't know what, what level absences may be, but, but what impact do you
17: think it could have? Well, I think it could be uh, significant. In December, that's the latest month for which we have figures, 8% of um, education staff were absent because of COVID. And that was with a mixture of Delta and Omicron, so a you know a, a less potent mix for transmission. Um, I think that with Omicron, with the fact, particularly in primary schools, where uh, in December, primary pupils were the age group, which had the highest rates of infection. I think that, um, you know, that there is a possibility that staff will um, uh, become sick. And education staff are more likely than any other profession to catch the virus. 37 percent, according to the Office for National Statistics, more likely to catch COVID. So if they do that and they have to be at home, then there will be the issue about who will be taking classes. And that's a real problem, because we know the one thing that we want to happen is for schools to be open and children and young people to be educated in school, because that's the best place for them. So it is a shame that the government hasn't done more to ensure that that is going to happen. Are schools facing... Pushback
5: from pupils over masks. I mean, I'm imagining a lot of teenagers will have have spent a large part of the last couple of weeks not wearing a mask in daily life, and they're now having to go back to wearing them day in, day out. Are are there a lot of arguments in classrooms about these things?
17: I'm not hearing that. I mean, they're used to wearing them, secondary school pupils are used to wearing them in corridors and in, uh, you know, um, uh, communal places. In Wales and Scotland, they've never stopped wearing masks throughout the day. So, no, I'm not hearing that there's widespread um, revolt against that. I think that most teenagers are sensible, are quite resilient, and understand that this is a measure that is necessary. The mental health effects of not being in school are far greater than wearing a mask. If wearing a mask is a price to pay, for staying in school, continue to be educated, continuing to be learning with your friends, continuing to socialise, continuing to have a place to go. If you've, got, if you've got free school meals, continue to get that free school meal. If you've got um, worries and troubles in your life, having the school as a place where you've got people to talk to who will be able to help you. All those things, all the benefits of being in school and schools remaining open are far greater than the disadvantage of wearing a mask. The two just don't compute.
5: OK, Dr Mary Bowes said, the uh, Joint General Secretary of the National Education Union. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. Well, Let's cross to our correspondent, Becky Cottrell, who is at a secondary school in Sheffield for us. Is she there?
12: Yeah, I hope so. Park.
5: I can hear yes. her. Can you I just hear me? can't see her. Uh, Becky, uh, tell us what, they, what oh. they're getting up to there. What are they doing in terms of pre-testing uh, for the kids coming back?
12: Yeah, today obviously is the day they test children before they return to the classroom tomorrow. There's around a 1,000 children that need to be tested today. I don't know if you can see me yet or just hear me, but there are testing bays set up ready for that. It takes about an hour to work through each year group, and that's why they need all day to do it. Now, the head teacher told me uh, that they were prepared for this. They knew before they broke up for Christmas that they would have to test on site today. And they've got a mixture of staff uh, and then specially trained testers that have brought, been brought in to help. He also told me that supply of tests is pretty good. Obviously, there have been national shortages of tests, but at this school, they've got enough not only uh, to do the tests on site today, but then to give kids those tests to take home. Obviously, children now have to do tests twice weekly at home. Uh, Another new thing nationally today, as I'm sure you've been talking about, is the wearing of masks in The classroom for secondary school students. Now, here, they'd already been doing that. That was something that was brought in across the Sheffield region before Christmas, so children know what they're in for, and those measures will be in place until at least the 26th of January. Now, another thing that I asked the headteacher about is staff shortages. He said, thankfully, they've only had a couple of support staff call in sick, saying they have to isolate. But obviously, the concern here, and for countries across the country, is that as the children return cases... Could rise and that could take out uh, a lot of teachers. Uh, now, this school is ready and willing to merge classes if necessary, but I asked the head teacher about the idea of bringing in supply staff or getting retired teachers to return. And he said, look, it's really hard to get hold of supply staff at the moment. And the idea of retired teachers returning just isn't that realistic.
5: OK, Becky, thanks very much. Glad that we could see you eventually. Uh, and let's talk now to a head teacher of a school in Rotherham to see how that all fits in with what his experience is. Pepe Diazio, lovely to talk to you today, um, Mr Diazio. Um, how do you feel about schools coming back today and the kids coming back? Do you feel optimistic or are you a bit worried?
8: I think as, as a head teacher, we're, we're born to be optimistic. Uh, I think the phrase that we're using at the moment is that we are hoping for the best and planning for the worst. So uh, the unknowns, as people have said earlier in your show, are around the number of cases that we'll meet this morning. Uh, and what we've got to do is make sure that we're ready with a number of different plans to make sure that staff are prepared to help cover other classes that may not have their colleagues in them so that we can keep students in their classes this next term.
5: What do you, What's your latest knowledge about um, teachers? Do you know, do you have a clear idea of how many teachers are coming in and how many can't?
8: Well, I have to say it's better than it was in November and December. Uh, we've had just two colleagues ring in this morning who tested positively last night and so we're aware that they won't be in for the next seven days at least. Uh, we were facing absences of around nine or ten percent in December, and so that that was definitely something that we struggled with. Uh, we had colleagues who were taking multiple classes together in large areas such as such as the main hall. What we're hoping for uh, over the next few weeks, is that we don't see those sort of numbers away. However, uh, what what we do know is that this is something that's beyond our control at the moment.
5: That's really positive, isn't it? it you know, if, if if it has really got seemed to have got better feet for you, uh, at least up to now. I don't want to jinx things. Uh, you, you were talking about teaching children in, in larger groups. Um, is that really a workable solution in the, in the long term? Because some people are, say have suggested that the Department for Education suggested that can work, but other people have said it it can become a bit Mad Max-like if you are teaching huge numbers of teenagers altogether?
8: Yeah, I don't think it's a long-term solution, but I think it's a better solution than uh, moving to virtual learning and remote learning. I think uh, for a short-term basis, if you can have a specialist science teacher who's a senior and experienced teacher taking perhaps two or or three groups of up to 40 or 50 students in a larger space, it does mean you've got to adapt your curriculum, but one of the plans that we have in place is to do just just those adaptations to make sure that we can cover for those eventualities should they occur.
5: And what about things like masks, access to masks and access to uh, these ventilation units that the government was talking about at the weekend? Are you happy that you've got all the equipment you need?
8: I wouldn't say that we're happy. Uh, I understand that there are 7,000 air purifying units that are available. As I understand it, there are something like over 300,000 classrooms across the country that would benefit from having those units i'm sure that over the coming weeks you know i'm sat here today in an office with my windows open the weather's quite pleasant here in yorkshire today however in the coming weeks it's going to get colder and i know that our staff and our students would benefit from having better air purifying units and we're going to need more than the seven thousand that have been initially ordered from the dfe
5: Mm. And and in terms of of mask wearing, um, Mary Bowsted we just spoke to from National Education Union said she'd not heard anything about teenagers objecting to wearing masks in schools. What's been your experience? Have they all been pretty compliant?
8: Yeah, we, we've had maths all, all through the autumn term. Uh, the addition uh, today as we come back is that they'll be wearing of masks during the classroom sessions as well. It's not great for learning, particularly in language lessons, for example, where students need to speak more often. It certainly isn't great for teachers who who need to have uh, their voices and, and faces seen a lot as part of their uh, teaching of a lesson. Uh, but it's one of those things that I think the whole country is becoming used to, and it's just part of, of the daily life in schools at the moment, really.
5: Does it have any impact on behaviour? Are they more mischievous when they're able to hide behind a mask, perhaps? Or, or, again, is I that
8: think, not really borne out? Well, no, I, I do think it is. We, we read so much from people's faces, and so that, that is an integral part of being a teacher. And it is more difficult to understand what a student is thinking if, or anyone is thinking with, with a mask on. But what I, what I will say is that students understand the importance of, of keeping each other safe. Many of them have got family and relatives who are shielding at home. And what we've seen is that students really want to help support the community and make sure that they help keep our community safe.
5: And I suppose in terms of being at school and being with their friends, it's in their interests as well, isn't it, for for this to work for everybody?
8: Absolutely. I mean, if you talk to our students, that they will say that they hated lockdown, that the biggest part of lockdown for them and, and COVID was missing their friends and not having the opportunity to socialise. Uh, you know, the school days are the best days of our lives and our students want to make sure that they're here and enjoying school. And part of that will be the return to school today. We're testing over 600 students today and there'll be our senior students in school and the younger students will return over the next couple of days. And, and, and I know that many of them can't wait to be back here uh, and we'll love seeing them again.
5: And in terms of what more the government could be doing, if the government ministers were watching on at the moment uh, and you have a wish list, what would you ask them to do to make the next few weeks uh, smooth for you
8: and your pupils? Well, we've been promised a review at the end of the month uh, around mask wearing. And, and what I would ask is that we, we'd welcome earlier notification of any plans. Uh, to hear these plans in the Sunday papers as we did this weekend was certainly wasn't something we'd welcome. And, and I think all head teachers would prepare, would prefer to have more lead-in time so that they can plan for what's happening o- over the coming weeks. Uh, what the government are doing right now, with the exception of the extra air purifying units, is certainly a welcome step forward compared to where we were last year.
5: Mm. Pepe Diazio, uh, head teacher at the Wales High School in Rotherham. Uh, lovely to talk to you this morning. Best of luck getting them all back today. Hope all those shoes have been shined and those curls and fringes tamed. Thanks a lot, including yourself. <laughs> now, let's take a look at this story. 15 minutes was all it took for these twins in California to be born in different years. Alfredo was delivered on New Year's Eve at 11:45 while his sister Ayen was born at midnight on New Year's Day. Do we know which was which? Aileen weighed five pounds 14 ounces. Her big brother, Alfredo, maybe he's the one on the left, uh, weighed six pounds one ounce. I'm just guessing, though, who knows. Um, Lovely story, though, still to come on Sky News Breakfast. Lawyers for Prince Andrew will today call on a US judge to throw out the sexual assault case against him. We'll have the very latest. Prince Andrew's lawyers will today call on a US judge to throw out the sexual assault case brought against him by Virginia Dufresne. a legal document made public yesterday shows that Mr Frey entered into a settlement agreement with Jeffrey Epstein. The Prince's lawyers claim that it covers the Duke of York too. Well, with me now is the legal commentator Joshua Rosenberg. And, Joshua, lovely to talk to you this morning. Happy New Year. Um, This settlement dates back to 2009, doesn't it? Um, And and it basically says that that she must not uh, take further legal action. Um, But the, the big question is, of course, does this include Prince Andrew. Uh, What are your thoughts today?
18: That's the question for the judge today, isn't it? Now, this uh, deal worth half a million dollars, signed in 2009, uh, in that uh, Virginia Giffray uh, said that she promised uh, to... uh, 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 release, acquit, satisfy and forever discharge, not just Jeffrey Epstein, but any other person or entity who could have been included as a potential defendant from all actions, uh, uh, claims, variances, trespasses, damages, judgments, executions, demands whatsoever in law and equity. And this is the best bit from the beginning of the world to the day of this release, which was in 2009. So this was a very, very broad document. Now, does it apply to Prince Andrew? Was he a potential defendant? Well, he is a defendant now, so presumably he was covered by Exhibit A, this this document that uh, uh, you're looking at now. Uh, On the other hand, he wasn't referred to by name in the agreement. His lawyers say he was a third-party beneficiary Normally, third parties can't enforce the terms of a contract if they receive only incidental benefits from it, uh, but he's entitled to do so if he's an intended third-party benefit. It didn't refer to him by name. That's what's pointed out uh, by Virginia Giffray's lawyers. But on the other hand, her original claim uh, against Epstein Uh, said that she was required to be sexually exploited by Epstein's adult male peers, including royalty. So it's on that basis uh, that the prince's uh, lawyers argue that he's covered by this agreement.
5: So if if the judge decides that uh, he is covered by this agreement, is that the end for for Ms Giffray, that there is no more potential of legal action?
18: I'm sure there's a possibility... Yes, I'm sure there's always an appeal, isn't there, Uh, and and another chance. But yes, it's it's an important point. Of course, on the other hand, um, if uh, that argument is thrown out, Uh, well, the the Duke of York has got other arguments. He says it can't be heard in New York because she lives in Australia, she was above the age of consent under New York law at the time, Uh, even the legislation under which she was allowed to to bring the claim against him. It temporarily reopened the statute of limitations, extended the time limit. Uh, They say that's unconstitutional. So there are lots of arguments on both sides uh, as to whether the claim should be allowed to go to a hearing later this year, if it gets that far, or should be thrown out straight away.
5: If the hearing were to to be allowed to go ahead, and it's scheduled for sort of September, possibly at the earliest, uh, would Prince Andrew have to attend?
18: If the hearing goes ahead, then it would be difficult for him to argue his case unless he was willing to give evidence. But I've always thought that this case would settle at some point, and I, I regard these... Uh, arguments that we're hearing today and we'll be hearing in the future as skirmishes to enable the two sides to be able to assess and assert their relative strengths. Um, This is a civil case. Any civil case can be settled. The original case uh, that uh, was brought against Jeffrey Epstein was settled. Uh, The question is obviously how much money, and that depends on the strengths of the two sides and how much they both want to settle. Uh, So uh, it would be uh, interesting to see whether there is going to be a hearing later this year. But obviously, if there isn't a deal uh, then that's what will happen.
5: Um, And in terms of this civil case how affected will it have been by the the judgment and the the verdict in the Ghislaine Maxwell case which happened just after Christmas?
18: It doesn't have a direct impact on this does it but on the other hand it it does show. uh, You've seen the famous photograph obviously of of the Duke of York, of Virginia Giffrey, and of Ghislaine Maxwell together at her flat in London. Uh, And the fact that she is now a convicted uh, uh, defendant, that's the photograph there, uh, the convicted uh, uh, defendant and uh, is facing a long prison sentence doesn't really help his position, does it? But it doesn't directly uh, affect uh, the the case uh, against him. Uh, He was referred to in passing in, in the criminal proceedings against Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, but he wasn't directly involved in it and neither of course was Virginia Giffray she was not called to give evidence which may or may not be seen as significant
5: Uh, Nonetheless this is all extremely damaging for the prince's reputation isn't it?
18: It certainly is. I mean, it doesn't look very attractive, does it, to take advantage of a deal uh, when uh, Prince Andrew wasn't directly involved. Uh, He certainly didn't contribute to the half million dollars that Epstein uh, paid de So uh, it's uh, taking advantage, perhaps, of of a deal uh, that his then friend, no longer obviously a friend even before he killed himself, uh, that his then friend uh, reached. Uh, so in terms of publicity, in terms of his reputation, it, it doesn't do much for him. But obviously, if you're fighting a legal battle, you use all the tools at your disposal.
5: Indeed. Joshua Rosenberg, uh, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Let's get a quick look at the weather.
11: Look forward to brighter skies... The weather, sponsored by Qatar Airways.
5: Well, a stiff northerly wind will make it feel really cold today. It's mostly clear, dry, and cold now, with icy stretches in the north, but there are wintry showers near north facing coasts. Southern England has more general patchy rain. Cloud and rain there will mostly clear from the northwest during the morning, but will linger over southeast England. Elsewhere, mostly dry and sunny.
11: The weather. Sponsored by Qatar Airways.
5: Still to come at the top of the hour on Sky News Breakfast. With more than a million Britons in self-isolation and six NHS trusts declaring critical incidents, we'll have more on the impact of Omicron.
12: Appreciative of seven, not only his play but his leadership, and
3: um, just a tough night, man. But uh, awesome night. You walked
9: outside and felt the energy and saw all the seven jerseys, all the seven signs, and um, it was truly an atmosphere that I've never felt here before.
19: Hey, did you get
7: to the game ball? Um, I don't. I have no. No, I didn't. Coach didn't like make an announcement or anything, but um, I'm sure. It'll be in my locker.
0: Would that be
18: your favorite
7: game? Probably. I mean, probably. It's going to be up there. If not, it's, um, it's special. Tuesday edition
9: of PFTPM, the morning after Big Ben's farewell to Heinz Field. Slightly different scene than last year with the final home game. Against the Browns in the playoffs, Ben and Marquise Pouncey sitting alone on the bench. This time, it's kind of a victory lap for Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't do the the whole lower bowl at Heinz field, but got to walk off as a winner, 26 to 14 over the Cleveland Browns playoff hopes still alive, still alive. This is PFT live, by the way, not PFT PM. Wake your butt up on a, did I say PFT PM?
20: Oh yes, you did. did. I really? Yes, you did. Jeez. Yep. Wake up. Let's go. Get your butt, get your butt going. You're having a Baker Mayfield performance here early on. Come on, Let's
9: go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've thrown four interceptions. <laughs> yeah. I've 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 completed twenty four forty six <laughs> passes for one hundred and twenty three yards. You know, history was set last night as Pete, who is quick to rain on the Big Ben parade, pointed out, history was made last night. The fewest yards ever gained by a quarterback with forty five or more amazing. attempts in a game. Ben Roethlisberger, one hundred and twenty three yards on forty six attempts. That's that's uh. That's not a good night throwing the ball, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they won. That's right. They beat the Browns. It worked. It's amazing. It was was amazing to see the outpouring, whether it was the, I don't know, it felt like a 10-hour Super Bowl pregame on ESPN with – all the Ben Roethlisberger adulation and the fans stayed until the very end. And, you know, he was there 18 years and he won two Super Bowls. Yes, it's been a while since the last one. And, yes, there were some unfortunate things that happened that everyone has apparently forgotten about back in 2010 or thereabouts when they wanted to run him out of town, literally. I remember listening to talk radio in Pittsburgh, 2010, when it was just one person after another calling in, sharing their grievances about Big Ben. I, he, you know, he cut in line at a Subway restaurant or whatever it was. I mean, it was any little thing they could come up with. They were they were so upset with him after he got suspended for his misadventures in Milledgeville, Georgia. That's right. all gone now. It never happened. Never happened. It's amazing. It's an amazing act of redemption. And now he walks off into the sunset uh, and, and still has a chance to to get to a Super Bowl and literally walk off into the sunset. Uh, with, a, with a trophy under his arm, although I would put the odds at that. It's very slim, especially since I don't think they're getting to the playoffs because the Jaguars have to beat the Colts for them to get to the playoffs and they have to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. I I'll be stunned if the Jaguars beat the Colts. Uh, but crazier things have happened this week, Chris. So no, yeah. I can't r- rule out anything at this point. Cra- it's a crazy year. I mean, altogether, you're right. This week, this year,
20: whatever, this month, uh, we see crazy victories all, all, you know, all the time. We saw the Jets b- really controlling a football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions, just this past weekend. So you're right. Anything's possible. There's no doubt. But I mean, hey, Pittsburgh, uh, that that was cool to see last night. That really was. I mean first off I want to give credit to the whole football team. I mean just again the way to get your butt whooped the way they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the first thing that jumped out to me last night their energy, their emotion, their toughness. I know you picked them to win the game. Pasta and meatballs correct check mark. I mean but but you're right and that's to me like Mike Tomlin uh, again. Uh, you know Mike Tomlin you say what you want. I mean the the Pittsburgh Steelers just always come ready to fight for for the most part. Or whenever you think they're dead You know, they show you a little life. I think between that, the energy in the stadium uh, provided by, you know, people knowing that it was Big Ben's last game. Uh, The Steelers played an emotional, tougher football game from the get-go, and I was glad to see Big Ben go out a winner. I really was. He's a legend. Yeah, you said it. has been some rocky rocky roads there, Uh, but for the most part, come on. Man, what he's done in Pittsburgh— it's all time great status. It really is. The fact that they're in it every year, they went to three Super Bowls. You're right. It's been a while. But oh my gosh. I mean, every year in the conversation for playoffs, in the playoffs, certainly years sprinkled in with are they the best team in the AFC? Uh, just a phenomenal career by Big Ben. And, um, you
9: know, cool to see him get sent off in that, in that way. What's amazing for all their struggles this year, they haven't lost at home that's crazy. since week three against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now they had that unfortunate tie against the Lions, which ultimately could be the thing that keeps them out of the postseason, but they have have won every other home game since then. And the problem is they haven't won on the road since Halloween at Cleveland, Yeah, and they're going to have to win on the road at Baltimore, and maybe that's a tougher task than uh than than the other side of it I don't know but because look the Jaguars th- as Pete pointed out they've beaten the Colts six, six straight times yeah in Jacksonville now this Jaguars team just gave up 50 points to the Patriots this yes. Jaguars team has shown no life since Urban Meyer was fired usually there's some sort of a of a lift that you get after the the coach is fired because guys want to play well for the interim coach because they realize a new guy who comes in may make a lot of changes, and those changes may include me, so let's go out and win for this guy because maybe we can keep him as our coach and everything stays the same. I don't, right, it never right. happened for yeah. the Jaguars this year. But they get the chance to play Ultimate Spoilers. And and apparently there are fans who are planning to show up in, in clown paint or clown Outfits because this is this is the, the, the thing they've been doing to put pressure on Shad Khan after the decision was made and leaked to NFL media that they're bringing back Trent Baalke as the GM so I don't know what what factor that's going to have I don't know how many clowns are going to be in the uniform or, or in the stadiums rather on Sunday in Jacksonville but but that becomes a critical game now critical. If the Jaguars can beat the Colts and the Steelers can beat the Ravens, the Steelers are in the playoffs, unless the Chargers and Raiders tie. This is the ultimate chaos scenario. Steelers beat Ravens. Jaguars beat Colts. If the Chargers and Raiders tie, both the Chargers and Raiders are in and the Steelers are out, which would just be perfect if it happens. (laughs) Um, And and you have to wonder whether the two teams are tempted to – engineer a tie. I'll tell you what, if the NFL ever caught wind of something like that, I could see the commissioner issuing the unprecedented double forfeit and knocking them both out of the playoffs. But if it would just naturally happen that they would tie, they'd both be in and the Steelers would be out. And the Colts would also obviously be out because they would have lost to the Jaguars. So it's, it's an amazing potential outcome if it gets to that on Sunday night.
20: No, it definitely is. I mean, it, it, it seems far-fetched, but in a year where, again, we've seen that there's no great team in the NFL, there's inconsistencies every week. Who the hell knows? We could be sitting here Sunday night going, man, there's, there's, there's a chance. Holy cow. Uh, I certainly don't expect the Jags to beat the Colts. Uh, and, of course, like you said, it's going to be tough sledding for the for the Steelers just to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens as is. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, either way, I didn't expect them to win last night. I didn't. But I knew they were going to win about three minutes into the football game just because you could tell the energy in one team was, like, you know, ready to go, fired up, tough as hell. I mean, to me, it, it's it's like Big Ben's career. It started off 2004 Oh, man, is he ready to play? I don't know. And, man, what did he do? Like, when, when his first 11 starts as a starter, as a rookie, that was unbelievable. Last night, you know, Cleveland team that that is more talented coming into town, you think, oh, man, all right, they got knocked out of the playoffs, but still, maybe there's no pressure. They'll let it fly. They want to end their season on a good note. No. Big Ben, the Steelers smothered them from the get-go. Uh, clearly, we're the tougher physical team wanted the game more and that was that was impressive it really was like you know like you said it wasn't like a great offensive showing by Big Ben but you know the one thing is you know it, it took care of the ball for the most part you know it was somewhat efficient as far as keeping them in as good a situations as they possibly could but, you know, th- th- this is where Big Ben is at. This is why we're saying goodbye. It, 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 he's no longer, he's a shell of the guy he once was. And, you know, at, at one point of his career, he was the ultimate magic maker. The guy who can make things happen in the pocket. People hanging on him. Throw the ball still 40 and 50 yards down the field. Yeah, what we've seen here the last year and this year especially. Yeah, I mean, look at this sprite chart here. its It's a lot of. Let me find a way to get the ball out of my hand quick, throw the ball accurately accurately into short windows, and it's not all that fun to watch, but it's not all on him either. They don't have the greatest offensive line, uh, but but either way, uh, good job by them. The running game dominated, and Big Ben, pretty cool. I was really hoping, Mike, that he would get the kneel down at the end of the game and kind of have that last little bit of, like, you know, Uh, showman or or that last little bit of the the spotlight, I should say. And uh, that that was cool, too. I wish he would have, like, kneeled the ball and got up and ran around the stadium and gone crazy. He seemed like he was so reserved. He almost didn't know how to react. But
9: still, it was a cool moment to see a legend go out like that. Yeah, you could tell he didn't know what to do, and right. I was looking to see if anyone was going to give him some guidance. He eventually did that kind of a half-victory lap, yeah, and then he yeah. was still out on the field. And there was a neat moment when his family came down, and, and the, you see him walk off into the tunnel with his wife and his three kids. That that, that was great, and, and I haven't seen the pictures of it yet, but there was a cameraman right behind it. There's got to be some great images oh, of amazing, that final amazing. walk-off. Uh, and you know, Najee Harris had 188 rushing yards yeah. on 28 attempts, and it felt like he should have had more because there was a sense that that you know Ben was doing what Ben does, where he just. Changes the plays whenever he feels like. And we are firing. Right, right. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? But it's his <laughs> last game. He's done. yeah He's done.
20: <laughs> it and, did seem and, like he and, was going to go out like a Kobe Bryant blaze of glory where he's just like, I might throw in every play tonight. The hell with it. Uh, it did feel like and, that and at it, one
9: point. <laughs> it helped that the Browns were so inept offensively yes and you know there was this Nick Chubb mystery where's he and there what was no the injury hell? designation provided during the game and then after the game the coach says oh he had a rib problem hey teams have been fined and you know, I mean not significant amounts as it relates to the overall net worth of an NFL franchise, but they've been fined, you know, five figures for, for failing to provide injury updates during games. It's just weird when it happens because it's so commonplace guys got a rib injury. His return is questionable. There's, there's no strategic edge that you sacrifice by making that disclosure during the game. And it is required. It is mandatory. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the Browns get in any sort of trouble with the league office for that.
1: It is the Worst of the
15: Riot podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. My goodness, the very first one for
21: 2022.
15: Yeah, and uh, well, hopefully this is uh, the worst. (laughs) like hopefully it gets better from here you You know what i mean it's only up yeah hopefully every podcast after today will be better (laughs) i
21: don't know what if we're at the ceiling and like this is as as up as as good as it
15: gets you better enjoy it now
21: like what else should we do
15: (laughs) this is the high
19: point yeah enjoy
21: it while we're here (laughs)
15: well what do we have coming up isaiah
19: so today one thing that we talked about that i thought sounded just just terrible was having to quarantine in a very tight place
21: in a toilet, plain bathroom. Yeah.
19: I know. And and for me, like I get like a little bit claustrophobic. I think I would lose my mind. Yeah, well,
21: you'd only be able to sit down on the toilet. I know. <laughs> yeah. and I know there's like a lid, but like that's not any better. Still, no,
15: yeah. And this is the thing that really bothered me: no windows.
21: No. Is there a window in a plane bathroom? No. I don't think so. I don't think there well, is There This is a national bathroom. I can't remember from her TikTok. I'm there, not sure.
15: There should be a window in a bathroom. It's not like anybody's going to see you in there. Yeah. You know? Well, what
21: this do you is. you think? Yeah. It could be worse. There's a ton of, uh, on my For You page for TikToks, of people that are quarantined, like when they go to a different country. Yeah. And they got to spend 10 or 14 days in a hotel. Oh, yeah. A ton of those hotels have no windows. And so you spend that whole time. in oh, no. this one, I think it was in Japan this one hotel they actually put the film over the window to like frost it uh-huh. even though it was a high rise and like no one like why take the view off yeah, yeah. so she was contemplating trying to pull the yeah.
15: you know the thing <laughs>
21: off just so you could i mean you need a window yeah but,
15: then he, otherwise you feel like uh like you're going crazy yeah literally. You, yeah. Like you, yeah you literally get uh whatever kind of mental issue it is I and you're know. getting
21: no fresh air no nothing yeah, like you right. can't open those windows but in the bathroom you don't want any
19: <laughs> <laughs> air circulation you're fine yeah you're doing good <laughs> so we, we talked about that we also went over our, our new year's resolutions and how we all pretty much have the exact same one
15: <laughs> very similar isn't it we basically all want to stop eating uh fast food pretty much
21: yeah stop like. spending
19: money on it yeah mine isn't even like that i want to like eat healthier, like, I don't want to eat the fast food. It's just, I just don't want to spend money on the fast food, I know it's Now, what expensive. you could
21: do is you could, like, take this and go the next step, and then look online and find, you know, how to make your own Chipotle bowl Ooh. and stuff. Yeah. So, like, you could make your own mock meals. Yeah, are you that? But it seems you like you don't cook, even want to do that. See, You're just I, making bread and meat. Yeah,
19: I, I don't I don't think I'm a bad cook, but I also if I have the opportunity to not put any effort in you prefer then that. Then I would uh, prefer to do yeah. that. Like I, I I like making food and stuff and I, I think I could do a decent job at it. But at the same time if I can just make a sandwich and it's really easy or if I can just warm something <laughs> up, I would rather do the convenient out every well, time.
21: Learn about our New Year's resolutions and if you have any good ones, because I feel like I want to branch out. I want like, you know, there's the A one and yeah. then like a B and C might yes. not be bad. Yes. Just to have some backup plans I was yes. thinking about it that. it doesn't too. work out. So text your resolutions to eight seven seven two radio You, we might just take one of yours. That's what I was
19: thinking. I was like, maybe if they text in some good ones, I'd yeah, be like, oh, we well maybe it. that's yeah. not a bad idea <laughs> yeah. for me too. Like, that
21: was one we wanted to do the whole
19: time yeah so yeah tomorrow we'll have like seven more new ones (laughs) perfect but uh we also touched on uh, people are dying their dogs uh
21: they're dying the hair of the dogs. i know when
19: i said it i was like that doesn't really sound right but i was like does it sound bad
15: too isaiah nikki uh, i don't know if you're listening but nikki is she she supports the dog hair dying but she doesn't think her dogs could do it what do you think Are you, would Would you, you forget about the practicality of it, but would you ever consider dyeing Jim's hair?
19: Yeah, I know I could if if I wanted to because I know that Jim would let me. If I put him in the bathtub, like he just freezes, like he doesn't move, he's fine in there. And if if you really needed to, just give him a treat. Yeah, exactly. If I gave him any food, he would just sit there for hours. Like he does not care. So he doesn't mind being in the bath. I know I could do it. And he's like half white. Half like orange. And so you I. You could do a
21: good color combo. I know I
19: could do a good color combo. Would I ever do it though? No, because I think I'd feel bad. Yeah. But I also. See, that's what
15: I think too. Like He's just a bath
21: to at, them.
19: They don't know. But at the same time, too, I also like make him look silly all the time. Like he's been wearing like a Santa outfit for like a week and a half now. So like, <laughs> I really like. Uh, at the Isaiah, same maybe time. Maybe that's why
21: he pees in your
1: bed. No. Uh, at he's the same tired time. Of you dressing
19: him. And I just got him this like new thing. It's like this little like little scarf that he puts on. That like. It like goes, he wears it all the time. It goes around his neck, and it's supposed to—he has big ears because he's a bastard now— and so it holds his ears back. Aww. When I put his little hood up and they're stuck in there. And it's like a little like bear one. So he has like little bear Aww. ears instead. Aww. And so like he wears it around his neck all the time like a scarf. And so whenever we go outside, yeah. because his ears get so wet, I'll like put his little hood on so that it'll hold him back. So I make him look like an idiot pretty much nonstop. <laughs> so I don't think dyeing his hair like hey, would be really that bad. One
21: step away from coloring his fur. Yeah, yeah
19: exactly. Don't stop now. Close,
14: Keep eh?
21: going. Yeah.
19: So I wouldn't be against it when I take the time to do it. I don't know, but it probably would be hilarious. i
21: would <laughs> be cute. I love it. When it gets down to it, whether it's you know not eating out and eating in or dyeing your hairs uh, for your dogs, we're just so lazy. We don't actually want to I know. do yeah, anything. That's a great point. <laughs> I'm like, it's a great
19: idea, but it just sounds like a lot of effort. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it.
15: Is that it? That's everything. That's all the podcast. That's what the podcast
19: right. is. There's some other things in there too, but those were some of the some of the. That's the only that. stuff
15: we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. For now. Well,
21: enjoy the podcast today. Welcome to the new year. We hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's, and we are super happy to be back.
15: Absolutely. Bye. Bye.
14: We'll catch Bye. you next time.
9: Yeah.
14: <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously.
15: This is the worst of the riot podcast. So, uh, are you familiar with Lake Superior State, the uh, university in Michigan? Uh,
21: e- maybe well, Lake well, Superior. You know when what? you said that, I thought something else. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I don't know if I know
15: this <laughs> particular school. I don't. It, it, the school is less important, but uh, well, I guess they're notable only because at the end, or I'm sure they wouldn't like me to not say only. They
21: don't like anything pr- you're saying pr- um,
15: right now. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> They are notable primarily because at the end of every year, they put out a new list of banned phrases and words that you're not supposed to say. Oh, for the new year. Trendy things that we need to leave behind. And so they've done this since the 70s. And so now we have their list of stuff that you're not supposed to say as you start a new year in 2022. Well, now you have more pressure for the first of the year. You didn't know that
21: you're supposed to diet, uh, work out, and stop saying certain things. Yeah,
15: so uh, here's what you need to stop saying. And we'll see if, uh, Nikki, if you say any of these. There's 10 words. The top of the list is the phrase, wait, what?
21: Oh, that one. Yeah. No, I I know quite a few people though that that have that. They in need their to hear arsenal. this list. They need to hear yeah. this list. They
15: need to <laughs> they need to listen to Lake Superior State University. They do.
21: They overuse that.
15: Yeah. Um. I'm, let's see. What else wound up on the list? Uh. In the past, I I have what's on the list in the past, and there are things that I don't even remember. So I guess it's uh the list problem. is doing a good job. <laughs> uh. New normal was on the list. That actually was number eight. Why do they not just have the list? in the story from one to ten. You don't want to do that. No, that would be too easy. That'd be too too much easier. They work. say
21: that because we've been doing this now for a few years, uh, the new normal is the normal. Yeah. And you can't keep saying new normal. Yeah,
15: that one I can totally get behind. I don't know, I'm I'm uh I'm with people with like <laughs> superior state on that. Uh here's one you're on mute.
21: Oh, yeah, for all the Zoom calls and stuff.
15: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You, you know, See, that shows how little Zoom calls I did, because I was thinking like Twitch. Oh, like you've been no, muted no. on Twitch or something like that. No, nope. that's totally that's a Zoom call. <laughs> that's a meaning thing. Uh, supply chain that one's is still, on there.
21: Hey, I know we don't want to say that one, yeah. but that one's
15: still very relevant. Oh, I'm tired of it, though.
21: Well, of course you are. Can we
15: just come up with another phrase
21: for it? Well, can't we also have our stuff? <laughs> Is yeah. in boats, still that we can't, because there's a supply chain problem.
15: <laughs> I guess we can. So that one, I feel like you might still hear. Now, where's the middle of the list? Where's the middle of the list? That's what I want to know. That's well, we went from one to eight, and then nine and ten, and I don't have the rest of the list in this story. It's gonna bother you. It is gonna bother me. I'm gonna I need, have to look. I'm it up. gonna be saying the other seven things I'm not supposed to say. All
21: right. Um, I am trying to look. It doesn't even look like it's linked in the article. I know
15: that's this is. Uh, I don't want to. You know, it's a local news place and uh this is this is this is why you're not on the, the bigger news network. This is because you're not giving us the full list here. Yeah, that's it. And this is why we're not on a bigger network either.
21: That we can't because we didn't look them up <laughs> no, ahead of time. that's time. Right. Well, just realize this. Wait what is like the main one. Yeah, so you if don't you want know to say someone that. who says that, that's the the top of the banished word list, uh that is the one to focus you on. You have any
15: you want to add in?
21: No, I think the the wait what is good. That does
15: that's good. That that in uh, supply chain that's good enough for you.
21: Looks like the second one was no worries. Um, so they Did say. Say that they say that that's dismissive. Yeah, and you're not supposed to.
14: If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all.
15: The Riot Radio, U. I have good news, Nikki.
21: Yeah.
15: Uh, Some might think that the pandemic has been all doom and gloom, all bad news. Uh, But it has had at least one positive effect that I can think of. What is it? And that is that less cars were set on fire in France.
21: Oh, you know, you just don't know about these things. Yeah.
15: (laughs) And it is a French tradition, evidently, for New Year's. That they set cars on fire, uh, you know. I don't know if it's as much of a real tradition as it's just, you know, something that uh, families
21: do together. Yeah, right.
15: <laughs> you know, you can't. You watch the ball drop and then you uh, set, set some cars on fire. So,
21: okay, I don't know if you know the answer. Yeah. So, is this a you burn your own car? Oh or no! People go on a burning car. No,
15: it's uh, you know whack. how uh, like in the U.S. and and in other countries. If your uh, if your team loses or wins in a in a like a championship, yeah. sometimes they'll be you know kind of uh, what do they call it? You it's, get rowdy, yeah. The things just get out of hand. There's cars getting tipped over, lit on fire, people dancing in the streets with their shirts off. Uh, so that's France for New Year's. Uh, they really like to party hard, and part of the partying is setting cars on fire, just abandoned part or not abandoned, but just random parked cars, right, with nobody in them. So it says uh, that eight
21: hundred and seventy four cars were burned this New Year's. Which
15: feels like a lot. Yes, that does, doesn't it? But compared to two years ago, uh to the twenty nineteen New Year's Eve, uh one thousand three hundred and sixteen cars Aww, were burned. So they it dialed it down. back. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. And uh they they chalked that up to the pandemic. And you might be thinking,
21: "Oh, you don't want to go out and you know go with yeah, other people." Yeah, oh, you wouldn't part? want to catch COVID. Not from burning the cars. Not from
15: burning the cars, but it's actually not exactly that. It's because uh, they chalk it up to, especially this year, increased police presence as uh, they tried to enforce uh, law and order and restrictions on public gatherings and face masks across the country, you know, due to the pandemic. So isn't that nice that they can mobilize the police force to uh, (laughs) enforce mask wearing, but not to enforce not setting cars on fire?
21: I mean, they haven't gotten rid of it completely, so it's still a tradition. For France and New Year's, it's weird. uh, You know, there's this old show called Top Gear, Uh and it moved into the Grand Tour, and they had a special, and I watched it during Christmas break, and it's about France. It's about how people treat their cars there. Yeah. And how people like get together and burn and trash cars and like they just don't care about their cars. Yeah. So I actually think I understand this more. <laughs> yeah. They They're just don't really, value, they don't value cars the same way. Well, and uh, yeah. So no, it makes I, would sense, suggest, right? I would suggest that's special.
15: <laughs> name, a, name a famous French car company. You can't. There isn't one. Uh,
21: you can't. And they were just talking about how they usually make like more compact cars. They're not like SUVs and they just drive them until they're dead. Yeah. And then they just get a you know, another an, a... gently burned car. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't ever like put too much into it. They
15: don't have an appreciation for all that finely tuned machinery.
21: Well, I didn't know. So in France, they for New Year's they had uh, a less amount of cars burned, but still quite a lot more than you thought people would burn. I
15: wonder if the tradition of uh, the police being out on New Year's <laughs> Eve will continue. <laughs> Hudson,
14: Nikki, The Riot
15: on Radio U. U. Did you see this woman? Uh, shortly before Christmas is when it actually happened, but then uh, she kind of went viral on TikTok. Uh, and she was going viral on a plane. The problem was uh, she... While in mid-flight, realized she might have COVID.
21: Oh, she was the bathroom the person. The bathroom woman.
15: Oh. Yep. This is, uh, her name is uh, Marie Fortio or something like that. Uh, Maris Fort- Fortio is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, her name is Maris, and she was on a flight. To uh, from Chicago to Iceland.
21: That's only five hours.
15: Uh, No, the the whole flight is longer, I thought. But uh, she was in the back. But she was mid flight. Yeah, Ah, she was in the back. Mid flight, she said she started to get some symptoms uh, where she thought, hmm, like uh, discomfort in her throat about halfway through the flight. So I guess it's about a 10 hour flight. Uh, About halfway through the flight, she had some throat discomfort and she thought this could be COVID. And so she goes to the bathroom and actually has a rabbit, rapid COVID test ready to go. Which
21: isn't that a shame because everybody's been trying to find and just like
15: yeah. stock up on them. And she just and had them.
21: She just had one yeah. in, her, in her bag. <laughs> but yet you can't find one. Yeah.
15: Well, I guess it's fortunate that she that she did have it because she runs to the bathroom, takes the test. It uh, turns out positive. And so she had to... I, I don't know what the... You know, I don't know what the airline would have actually told her, but she just said she would just hold up in the bathroom for the rest of the flight. She said that's the best she could do. So that they're over decision? the Atlantic Ocean.
21: Oh, I thought the uh, people asked her. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so well, she must have made that decision, which is good. She said she stayed in there for the remainder of the flight, which was around five hours. Yeah.
15: Well, if you, I don't know what do you think if the if you were concerned about what the airline would do, what would you do?
21: Stay yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah
15: right. Because that's the safest thing you can do. It's just even
21: though I've watched some of her TikToks on it. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and we've not maybe taken this type of international flight. Uh-huh. That bathroom seems a tiny bit bigger than the normal, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like you look at it, you are like, that's not a bathroom on a plane, is yeah. it? But it is for international. Yeah.
15: I just kept thinking, and I know, I know there had to be more than one bathroom on the plane, but I yeah. just kept thinking, what if there was a line? You uh, know, well, especially well, if somebody <laughs> went in was waiting like they saw her and they're like I'm gonna go next and then they you know how you do on a plane you just keep waiting for the person to come out yeah and she never comes out. Well, and you're like really holding it. It's like, I can't make it all the way to Iceland. She
21: must have told people. And yeah. um, actually, it's not the worst idea because I think there was more room in there than, yeah. than your, you know, seat I area. Know. So they, uh, outside of the fact that you have to quarantine in there. They
15: said uh, or she said that she was able to connect with a flight attendant. Oh,
21: uh, So she got food and drinks. Yeah.
15: So the flight attendant took care of her in there, gave her some food and drinks but uh but yeah, I guess uh, that actually is not a bad idea. If you want to like have a luxury plane trip, you just, you quarantine the bathroom. You don't have to have covid. She's like, "Sorry, I'm not feeling really no. well."
21: What you need to do though is and we don't it's not a joking matter, but what if you just made it seem like you had it and then you quarantine your <laughs> well, first class bathroom? I
15: can tell you why <laughs> because like she did, you'd have to quarantine wherever you land as well. Oh, you
21: still most of the time need to anyway. Yeah, but so then you could just be like, "It was a false positive."
15: <laughs> she had to uh she had to stay in the Red Cross in a Red Cross hotel she had where Right yeah, where she had to isolate in Iceland, isolating in Iceland. And she actually was supposed to go on to Switzerland to meet her family there and wasn't able to. Aw, yeah. well,
21: at least she stayed safe. And that she was stayed important.
15: safe and she, uh, it seems, did the best she could to not infect anybody else with COVID. The Riot Podcast,
14: Radio View.
15: There was just so much football, so much sports going on over the past few days. It was very exciting to watch. But uh, you know when there's a story that uh, even people that aren't that interested in football are talking about, you know it's either something really big, yeah. uh, really good, or really bad. And I think in this case it would be really bad. I
21: think so, too. Uh,
15: Antonio <laughs> Brown, the wide receiver, uh, he was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a pretty good one yesterday. Uh, but he uh, yesterday, has
21: had problems, right? He has
15: had issues in the past. He The Bucks rescued him. After he was previously kind of kicked out of the league, yeah, he had a lot of issues with the Oakland Raiders at, the, at the, a time when he was with them, I believe, or was it the Steelers? I don't even remember. He's been around the league and had issues with several multiple teams. And uh, so his issue yesterday was he was the guy that was out there at the Bucks jets game They told uh, evidently he got into an argument with the coach. The coach told him to go in the game. Yeah, he didn't want to. He refused.
21: He didn't want to play.
15: He didn't want to play. He didn't want to get on the field. And uh, so that eventually led to him stripping out of his uniform, uh, you know, taking off his uh, jersey Taking off his shoulder pads, taking off his uh, gloves, throwing him into the stands.
21: Somehow, uh, riling up like getting the crowd. Yeah, out. He, right. He keeps going like, hey, yeah, as he makes his way out of the field. Yep,
15: and, uh, and, and he just leaves. Yeah, he just walks off. Walks off the field mid game. And they said after the game, the Buccaneers have said that he is no longer a member of the team. Uh, now, I don't know if that was uh, if that's kind of a "you can't fire me, I quit" situation or what. I mean, you're not going to cut him mid-game, well, uh, but he know, he quit mid-game. So when I,
21: when I watched it, and then you know, like everybody's response, because you know after the game, they're like, he's not a part of the Bucks and all that stuff. Like yeah. he's not a part of the team anymore. I wasn't sure if, and maybe. I feel like with Antonio Brown, there was even more behind the scenes stuff. Oh, they there were has to be. Always mad at him. And, yeah. then, and then I bet you if I was the coach, i would be like, he's taking his shirt off. All right, he's out. Yeah, you know, right. Like, like so they've side just side been waiting. They, they waiting for a big enough meltdown from him to be able to cut uh, him from the team. If you
15: remember, he had just been suspended uh, three games. Oh, he had I didn't just know recently that. come back, uh, It was uh, like a couple weeks ago. And that was because. He was a guy who uh, had a fake COVID vaccine card and was like distributing them to other members of the team as well. Oh, that was so him. So that's him as well. Uh. So you know, there's been stuff going on with him for some reason, and I be- I do believe this is the reason that the Bucks have put up with him for so long. I mean, he is pretty good. Uh, he's maybe not as good as he's always been, but uh, like he's not in his prime anymore. But still, very good. One of the best receivers in the league. Uh, so there- you're going to put up with him for that, but also that Tom Brady really likes him. Aww. Like, Tom Brady is friends with Antonio Brown and has stuck out, stuck up for him so many times yeah, because he really likes playing. playing with him. But uh, it's hard to stick up for... I don't think Tom Brady uh, is the kind of guy that's going to be fine with somebody quitting mid-game. Sure. So uh, that doesn't seem like something that would fly in the Tom Brady uh, world. Well, I'm sure so. there'll
21: be more about the Antonio Brown situation, but yeah. he's not a part of the Buccaneers. Yeah. And it is weird when you see someone... It doesn't look like a meltdown when he's doing it, yeah. but to know like he doesn't want to play and he's leaving the field, yeah. that is a meltdown, uh-huh. and that's a, a temper tantrum. Yeah, I mean,
15: in football, <laughs> it's just weird because you see arguments, you see fights between teammates on the sidelines and players and coaches and whatever. But you still
21: play. But
15: yeah, you still, you know, at, at your job, you might expect every so often to see somebody that's just like, fine, I'm quitting in the middle of the workday. You don't. It's, for some reason, it's very rare in football, but it actually happened. In on radio, Sunday.
21: it'd be like if we threw our headphones down in the, the middle of the show. Yeah, just walked out the building.
15: Everything you love about the
14: riot, plus a handy dandy fast forward option. This is the worst of the riot
15: podcast. Let us know what your New Year's resolution will be, if any.
21: Well, that way, if you haven't decided on one, but you really wanted one, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe a last minute idea will come in. Yeah.
15: <laughs> or uh, you you let us know what you're doing and uh, we'll be a support system yeah, for you. We'll or help more likely, we will make it very difficult for you because, you know, so uh, I know a popular one is going to be going to lose some weight, going to get on a diet and uh, maybe even work out. And that's not something that uh, that we're very good at supporting. As much as, as great as an idea as it is, it's not not something that we that we uh, really encourage. Uh, just because we love talking about food so much.
21: It helps us to know, because studies have shown that if you pick, like, a food-related New Year's resolution, Uh you'll last till, what do they normally say? Like, it's two weeks? Yeah, like January 14th. (laughs) It's, like, till the 17th or, like, the 19th. And then if you're making, like, dry you air you might last longer. Or if you might do, like, more sleep or something. So there's different points in January that... Are normally the markers? <laughs> uh, yeah. And how long will you make, depending on what your resolution
19: is?
15: So, uh, do any of us have resolutions going?
19: I, I do. My, mine is: I want to eat out less. I want to eat out less. I don't want to go out for lunch anymore because uh-huh. before I was going out to eat for lunch. You
21: want it delivered
19: every single? No. <laughs> every single day I was going to Chipotle, and then I added up how much money I was spending at Chipotle and it was just an ungodly amount, like Oof. giving Chipotle that much money yeah. just seemed wrong. It's like, sad
21: to hear this. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
19: They're like, Isaiah, we love you at Chipotle. Keep coming back. So, he was
21: going every day. Every yeah.
19: day. So now I'm going to pack my lunch more, and my goal is I want to eat out three times or less a week.
21: Okay. That seems so, pretty yeah. good, right? That's good. I think that's a, three
19: times or less. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, that seems pretty reasonable.
21: would say like, oh, I'm never going to eat out again, and yeah. that does not last. Oh, no. you no. have to give yourself a little bit. Because uh-huh. I
19: know on the weekends, I'm going to eat out at least once on Saturday and at least once on Sunday. And that leaves like one time during the week. Because I'm going to pack my lunch every day for like lunch. But uh, one time a week for dinner ah, that I, I can see. eat out as so, well. So did you
21: pack your lunch today? Yeah. I did. I have
19: food here that I'm going to eat. What did you bring? I have ham. Ham? ham? Mm-hmm. That's sandwich? it? Just ham? No, I, have, I have ham and I have bread and that's what I'm going to eat. <laughs> a sandwich. Yeah, I have a ham sandwich. That's what I have for lunch today. Did you bring
21: anything else? That's like it.
19: one no, ham that's sandwich? That's it. Or? I mean, I, I have a loaf of bread in there. I think it's either ham or turkey that I have in the fridge. Oh, and that's so you what you're going to make gonna, that each yeah, day. Yeah, I'm just going to make that every day. All right.
21: Well, you need well, more than just a sandwich.
19: Well, I'm only, uh, no, I don't, I, 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 cause I can leave, I, I get off early so I can leave and go home, make myself more food, but I just need something to tie me over until I get home.
15: Yeah. What did, what did you bring for breakfast?
19: Oh, I just have like a protein shake and I just had a granola bar. It's so. not enough. You're good. And my energy drink, I drank that too, so I'm feeling pretty full right now. <laughs>
21: I love it. You're like, what's the goal for this new you? I'd like to make a ham sandwich yeah, every day. Every day,
19: I'm just going to make a ham sandwich. But <laughs> well, what's yours, Nikki? Do you have um, any?
21: I would like to stop having my second dinner in the evening. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're even like during Christmas break, and Eric wasn't a help either. You're like, yeah, you want to go get something to eat? <laughs> you're like,
9: yeah.
15: You have yeah,
21: dinner. And you're like, well, what's a later dinner? Yeah. Uh, so I think we're just going to do that.
15: That's uh, that's the big one in my house as well. So eating
21: out less, also, it seems like. Likes to be the the yeah. new one.
15: <laughs> I uh I I've made some rules and these are things that uh, initially I remember making. I don't know after a vacation like earlier this year uh, or last year, I guess I should say. But now I'm sticking to it, and my wife is on board as well. Where uh, you know, because just like when you're married or when you you're living with somebody, even if you have it's a, a great plan yeah. Yeah. of like I'm not going to do this, when the other person like you just feed off of each other. And uh, so my wife and I are both in the new year. I I don't ha- we're we're having a competition. So that's how it's going to really be uh be something where we're all going to stick to what we're doing where we're not going to eat uh eat out as much. So is
21: that everybody saying? We just
19: don't want to eat so. out. I think so. I
15: think we all want to uh,
19: Is that what it is? Like is that what your New Year's resolution is? Yeah, like yeah, not eat out? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's to lose weight. Okay. Which like is that
15: a resolution? Does and that count? Money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Save, Save money, money. Lose yep. weight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not work out. No, I don't think I'm going to do that. No, but uh, but definitely with the just well,
21: being. Let me get uh, the calendar. Let's pick the date. We think we can last till. So.
19: <laughs> well, I love it. I find think if you can that, make uh, it through January. I think you'll make it. I think you can like, do it. Well, I think you can. You have a
21: loaf of bread in there. Yeah, exactly.
19: I can make it at least a week or two. All <laughs> of our uh,
15: in a way are very vague. Our resolutions as well. So that should make it easier to stick to them as well. You know, you just write on. No, that wasn't included. <laughs> that doesn't I mean, count. Isaiah, I say Isaiah, you're specific three times a week. Yeah. But that's still pretty generous, I feel, of. Uh, hey, that's good for me. I, I mean, mean even if it's coming back, back, it's coming back. So, for Nikki, it's a second dinner. And for me, just, like, not, generally not eating out. And uh, we'll see how the. Hutchins was the
19: Vegas My far. Yeah. I didn't oh, even yeah, know that's, what it was. Like that's when my When he was talking, you was like, ah, it's just kind of like we're doing it together. It's and It's a competition. That, and I was like, well, what are you doing? So, yes,
15: uh, I. I'm going to lose weight by any means necessary except working out.
19: Uh,
15: so that I can beat my wife. <laughs>
21: <laughs> that sounds bad. Did yeah, it does sound bad. Well, all right. Does anybody have any non-food or money for food spending related <laughs> resolutions? Yes. Feel free to text at 877-2-RADIO-U. And uh, that way we can all help each other on our resolutions to being the best that we can be. Yeah. And all the New Year stuff you're supposed to say to yourself. A happier,
15: yeah. healthier 2022.
21: There it
14: is. The worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast.
15: How are we feeling about 2022?
21: So far. So far? So far, I guess. You know, when you're three days in, pretty good. It
15: hasn't been so bad so far, right?
21: (laughs) Even though for a lot of us, today's like the first real day. Yeah, this is the test. This is going to be the hardest.
15: Well, I have a uh, poll here uh, about how people are feeling heading into 2022. uh, And it turns out. The people are actually uh, more feel more fearful and less optimistic about 2022, like to start the year, mm-hmm. than they were about 2021 when we started 2021. So one year ago, we were feeling we are feeling like, hey, 2021 is going to be a great year. Uh, at least more so than we feel 2022 is going to be a great year. I
21: think now we're just more comfortable in knowing that. It's all bad anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are we going to get? <laughs>
15: this is this is an, an Axios uh, poll that they do every year. So they say that uh, in 2021, when we were going into that year, it's not that we're more, uh, more fearful and less optimistic this year. It's not that we are uh, – it's not that that is – Bizarre compared to other years, it's the 2021 starting last year was the bizarre year because I guess with COVID ending and stuff like that, we thought uh, we are so <laughs> and opti- it wasn't. <laughs> we are abnormally optimistic starting last year. Sure. Uh, according to the survey, where now this year we're going back to normal. Uh, Back to the normal amount of optimism, which is not that much. Well,
21: I guess I can't really remember 100%, but I I think I feel like I remember last Christmas it was all the, yeah, it was bad at Christmas, but then it will be better right after Mm -hmm. because we just can't get together as family and friends.
15: If you remember uh, at that time last year, we were just getting the vaccine, so I think a lot of people, that was the end to them of the pandemic is over, we missed out on a lot of stuff, but now... We get to have a fun year again.
21: Well, and then going into this Christmas, if you watch anything with news, or if you stay, you know, on top of it, yeah, I feel like we've just been hit with so much oh, negative yeah. stuff that we they could have done a little better job, yeah, and <laughs> maybe throwing in some positive stuff. So uh-huh. I feel like everybody's uh, probably more down than just coming off of all that. Yeah,
15: when you're looking uh, at the actual numbers, they say 54 percent of people surveyed said they are more fearful than hopeful. For what's to come in 2022? Forty-four percent was the opposite.
21: I also feel like this is not our style because if anybody came up to me to ask me about a survey, yeah. I would automatically be distrusting. You just nervous because <laughs> I just don't do those. Yeah, so I feel like maybe we're more positive, but this the study just shows more negative.
15: Yeah, well, you know, I I was thinking that too because they also say uh, another thing was 51 percent specific to the U.S. say so they think the U.S. will be more like going downhill they're they're more fearful than hopeful for how things are going to be in the u.s and i think to myself like for the u.s and the world as a whole if you're asking me how things are going to be i don't think things are going to get greatly better like i don't know i just don't i guess you could call me pessimistic but i just don't yes thi- mr
21: pessimistic I, yeah i just
15: don't think that mis- uh <laughs> the trajectory doesn't really feel great and ne- i mean and i don't remember a time where i've been like you know, things are getting better across the world. The glo- Things just seem to be getting globally better. But that doesn't mean that I don't think, like, day to day, I don't think I'm pessimistic. You know what I mean? I think I gotcha. for my life, I think things will be fine. I think for people's, like, you know, for people's lives in general, people are going to be fine. It's just, is the world going in a great direction in the next year? I don't know.
21: I don't think it's dumpster fire like but no. I, I feel like There's just all
15: it's just always something though. It,
21: you, and it's always like that. With your resolutions maybe a good one is to be more positive. Yeah.
15: Uh it, it, whether it's day to day or big picture.
21: Oh, I don't even look at big picture. You don't anymore. even want to look at don't the big Don't even look at big no. picture. Close your eyes. <laughs> you can't be pessimistic
15: if you don't think about it.
21: If there's nothing to look at. Yeah. Just work on the day to day small things that are more manageable. Mm-hmm.
15: Yeah, <laughs> find the little joy.
14: Why pay for so many streaming services that you don't really care about? When you can not really care about the riot for free, radio U.
15: Have you seen anyone on TikTok dyeing their dog?
21: Uh, like different colors? Yeah. Uh I'm not gonna say no, but I haven't noticed it being like a trend. It's not a
15: trend for not, you. Not that I've seen. But you've seen at least somebody do it. Well, yeah. Does it? I've tempt- seen
21: people in real life do it.
15: Does it tempt <laughs> you?
21: Ah. Uh, It would be Rolo if I did, and he just barely can handle someone. If you
15: did. Listen. It sounds like you're considering it.
21: Okay. Rolo can barely get his hair brushed. Uh So I can't imagine him sitting at the salon for a doggy hair dye thing. Oh, I was
15: thinking just you doing it at home. No. Oh gosh, no.
21: But I've (laughs) seen amazing ones. Like they make him look like I don't know, like cheetahs or like panda bears and stuff. Uh-huh. So I've seen plenty of people doing that for uh, their dogs. Well,
15: we have a woman here. Her name is Issa Beastly. It looks like I don't know if that's her real name, but uh, she's on TikTok and she attempted to dye her dog at home. She oh, had wow. seen that's it going a around. Color <laughs> and uh, it did not go well in multiple ways. Uh, one, the dog, the she wanted to dye it red so she tried mixing orange and pink dye yeah. for the dog and I mean you can see Nikki it's just orange that's just uh <laughs> well if you look at it's orange and then if you look at the back of the dog like you look at different angles yeah it did not mix and hard. it does not look good uh, I'm sorry to say for that dog
21: her biggest concern also was not only for dyeing the dog's hair but I guess in her apartment yeah um, that's mess the stuff. other
15: issue because the dog obviously did not stay still did not wait I know I've never dyed my hair, but I, you know, my wife has and stuff. Like you, you have to just keep that under control or it will, it will dye other things. It'll, it'll get away from you. You got to be careful with it. And uh, so with a dog, it's not surprising if you're doing it at home, that dog is not going to sit still uh, in the bathtub or wherever it may be long enough to uh, let that dye set before it can get on everything. And so, yeah, the, the bathroom. The walls, you you can just see the entire wall. There's there's like the smudges of Of the the dye all around at the same level where the dog was. It
21: looks like if someone was murdered, that was orange and pink. Uh If Gritty was killed, it'd be worth it if it looked better, but I don't think the dog looks very good. So not only have that it didn't work out, and you you're in trouble then with your deposit. Yeah, so it wasn't the best for her.
15: See, so that now you don't seem concerned. About the dog and the whole thing, like no. besides that the dogs does not oh, look good. You can you totally
21: don't... dye your dog's I hair. I know you can,
15: yeah, but you can. should you?
21: Oh yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? You know what? Maybe your dog wants it. Your dog would like to. It has no way to tell you. Yeah, because I used to do. Well, I, I guess him. you could say
15: you could do that for anything for a dog. That's true.
21: <laughs> the dog really wants me to buy a car today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wants a new car. Uh, like for my dog, we used to have a mohawk shaved on top of his head, uh-huh. and I always thought, oh, I asked one time if they could color that part. Yeah, and then they were like, no, he couldn't sit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was turned down.
15: Well. Some people are, are concerned do it at home. about, yeah, Well, I, I you should try it.
21: Uh, yeah, one day.
15: I, I don't, I would never do, like I always, I don't make my dog wear clothes. I don't, well, I, my dog is black, so dying would probably not go well for, uh, just add that to the reasons why it wouldn't go well. Sure. But uh, But I don't want to do stuff to my dog. You're she just wants. That. She's That's happy. In. She's just happy barking and, you know, li- and lying around the house.
21: Can you please change your thinking? It's doing things with your dog, <laughs> not to your dog or for
15: my dog. For your dog. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, yeah. I, th- I think she's just. Ha- I think. Uh, I think she is pretty good at conveying what she wants. And She, she want wants that. to bark at things. And she wants me to give her uh, like cheeseburgers. Well, Rolo, That's what she
21: wants. I'm Now that Hudson's brought this up, Rolo, just to let you know, I'm going to look on Amazon to see about uh, doggy hair dye. Uh-huh. And he already has a couple of hoodies, so he already has clothes.
15: And you don't rent, so you don't have to worry I about your deposit. So- yeah. Well, I'll
21: just try it maybe outside. You can
15: ruin, ruin your house. It's fine.
21: <laughs> I'm not ruining. I'm making my dog's life better.
15: All right? <laughs> and dyeing your bathroom as well. Yep. Yeah, it's due for a paid job. <laughs> If they keep
14: talking long enough, they're bound to say something that you agree with. The Riot with Hudson and Nikki
15: on Radio U. Over the weekend, we have uh, determined who will be playing in the College Football National Championship game, which is coming up next Monday, right? Yes. Uh, one week from today, uh, it will be Alabama and Georgia. Does at, everybody go with that or we no, don't like that? No, not at all. all. Uh, do, I feel that, uh, that it's just not exciting. Oh sure. I want I want to be you want something new. A pre- I do I do, and, and especially the hopes Fresh
21: and exciting. The
15: hopes were high when Michigan and Cincinnati make it in. It's like hey maybe we'll get something a little different. And uh, and no, it's just uh, two Alabama. SEC teams again. Always Alabama. And I but what I want I feel that I should be appreciative like what Alabama does. Eventually, I grew with the New England Patriots, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the NFL, to appreciate them. Even though I wasn't big fans uh, initially, you just have to appreciate it because just nobody does what they do. Nobody did what they did for so long, win so much. Same thing with Alabama. It's just I I want to grow to appreciate Nick Saban. And appreciate Alabama because they just win so much. It's just not done. Yeah, but they're I just so dominant, and I. But I can't bring myself to do it. It's just boring to me.
21: I don't know if you feel the same way, Isaiah. But like that's fine for like a game. Uh-huh. But if it's a bowl game, and this is like the main thing you've been looking forward to, yeah. it would be nice if they're not always the same. Yeah, yeah.
19: right. It's, it's it's frustrating too because I understand that like obviously if you want to be different then just beat them, like everyone's like put Cincinnati in there. We need something different, and then they they just they just have to, bull- win. Yeah. They still have to win the game game, and it's just upsetting because it's all Alabama, Georgia, obviously people would say it's Ohio State and, and Clemson and these teams that are always in it, but mm-hmm. if you just if you want it to be different, then you just have to beat them, and nobody can beat them, and yeah. that's just how it is. Every year, but you can't beat Alabama, you can't beat Georgia, you can't beat Clemson, you can't beat Ohio State, and then these smaller schools like Cincinnati and all the smaller ones, they're like, well, this isn't fair, these same teams are in every year. Well, if you want it to be different, then you just got to yeah. beat them.
15: Uh, it's it's good that Cincinnati at least got a shot this year, but yeah, but you're totally right. It's uh it's just that's why you feel like I that's why I feel like I have to appreciate Alabama because everybody everybody's just trying to beat them and they're just and somehow like the rules are the same for everybody pretty much and Alabama <laughs> still <laughs> somehow winds up to w- winds up when I mean, you know, you know the they Alabama gets invited to the party more. Sure. Uh, yeah, but that's because like they're dessert because every year when they're on the fringe of being invited to the party and they do well, then it's like, well, I guess it, you just have to invite them because they're going to win every time. Well,
21: was there any bowl games leading up to this uh, matchup or anything that was good or unexpected? Uh, uh, Ohio State won. Well, they, we
19: had a great game on Saturday. Uh, if anybody, if anybody saw, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba broke the record for the most receiving yards in a single bowl game. He had three hundred and fifty-seven yards. And you just couldn't stop them. So there was no way to stop them.
21: I didn't watch it, but basically the first half was like awful. And yeah. then they rallied.
19: <laughs> and then in the locker room, it and was came incredible. Back. It was incredible. We literally they they couldn't they couldn't stop them. It was it was. I've never seen such a dominant performance by a wide receiver ever. I mean he had 357 yards yeah. by himself. So it was it was pretty crazy. Quite the comeback. Utah put up a great game. They had a kicker turn touchdown. They looked really solid and then Ohio State just came storming back and made by Saturday much better.
15: I uh I also saw that you know, I saw that there was a lot of important or uh exciting games and I just uh I hate to say it, but I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Because I was Hudson. so I was so busy yeah, with fan with yeah uh, family fair, 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 and uh, not as big you know I didn't get to watch uh, even as my family big hockey fans as we are being from Canada didn't get to watch the uh, outdoor NHL Winter yeah. Classic either oh, so I just that? missed out on everything. Oh. Bad. Unfortunately, they left in time for uh, me to watch NFL yesterday. That's the big one. I said, you guys, you got to be out of here yeah, by yeah. 1 p.m. on Sunday because I'm not missing NFL. I
21: like how you're like, I appreciate having family in, but please could you leave? Yeah. yeah,
10: please could you get out of here, please. <laughs> well, I
21: guess then we have the national championship to look forward to, and that's on next Monday. Yeah. Uh, is... But it's just is it exciting enough to stay up? I mean, that's a work day, yeah. guys. It's hard for us to do
19: that. Pro- it's pro- That's the thing. Yeah, it's just like... Well, Isaiah's going to wa- stay up and watch you it. Want... I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> You will. I'll watch. I mean, I'll probably watch it just because I want to see if Georgia can win. I'm pulling for Georgia to win just because they haven't won like the national championship in the college football playoff yet, where Alabama's had had a couple. So. Well, that
21: means we don't have to all stay up. So. Yeah, you
15: can, you can watch it. I already feel like I already know Alabama's gonna win. And that's a credit to them. Like they're they're just they're impressive. So uh I don't feel like I need to watch. So you, Hudson's you, boycotting the national championship. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. I knew it
19: would come to this. We all knew it would come yeah. to this.
15: You, He's you, just
21: in a negative mood today. Yes. I, I wish
15: Ohio State was in it so I could watch and cheer against them. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what Stop I was about to say <laughs> Enough, okay? Enough. <laughs> 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 at least, I'll, uh, at hey, least that'd be interesting. Alabama, I don't even want to watch. Hudson, uh, it's a
21: new year. Let's have a new attitude. Yeah, positive. Positive. Oh, I don't have. Uh, he
15: what? doesn't
21: have it
14: in
15: him. No, I
9: don't.
15: <laughs> <laughs> you can't change a Tiger Strike. That's fine.
14: If you missed out on the next Riot Moment when it originally aired, you don't
15: know how lucky you are.
14: You're listening to the Worst of the Riot Podcast.
15: Starbucks has a new trick that they are testing out that may be making its way to a Starbucks near you sometime soon. Tell me how you uh, feel about the idea of... Coffee Popping Pearls. I
21: would love it. Yeah. I love boba.
15: Uh-huh. So basically
21: this is, Popping Pearls is like boba, uh-huh. but they kind of burst. And with this, it'd be like coffee ones. Yeah. Um, so I'd be it all for this.
15: They are, the pearls are filled with Starbucks coffee. And so uh, if you were lucky enough to be near one of the locations where they are testing it, you could get those added into, I mean, it looks like you're, your iced drinks right so tell me about this about uh these pearls yeah do you? imagine have you ever had boba. I've never had. Boba. That does not appeal to me whatsoever. You know,
21: I I didn't think so. Yeah. I don't think you're the market. No, definitely not. <laughs> you're not the target, uh-huh. and that's fine. It yeah. doesn't mean you wouldn't maybe enjoy it if you tried it. Yeah. But they're basically like boba's, like tapioca, uh-huh. uh, like chewy little balls that go yeah, in the bottom that's of the why drink.
15: I don't. I don't think I like tapioca. <laughs> you so. wouldn't
21: like it. Yeah. That's and why for I don't these. Want these to are try more it. like they're just like bursting ones. Yeah. And they could be more like a jelly sort of thing or have like fruit flavors. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But this would be coffee.
15: But what I so here's what I want to know: mm-hmm. if you put them in hot coffee, would they melt and just mix in?
21: You know, I've only had it with cold. It just always comes in that sort of drink, yeah. so I I don't know the answer to well, that. I don't think they would melt, but I don't think it's usually done that way.
15: Also, with the pearls, like, do you need a straw? Like, yeah, I you always, need a big straw because in the picture it doesn't even show a straw because it's Starbucks.
21: No, you need well for them. Okay, the Starbucks uh, little popping pearls. Yeah, they seem a little small. Yeah, they do look okay. tiny, right? Those are tinier because, like, Duncan. They they've been testing. Uh, Popping boba for a while. Oh yeah! Uh, So those are bigger. You get like a really thick big straw. Okay. And then you suck them all up, and you feel like you're going to choke on them, Uh and that's just part of the
15: fun. That's that's all part of the experience. eh? For the
21: experience, but these look a lot smaller than normal, like pearls. But they're they're calling them pearls because it's not technically it's not like the size of boba.
15: Yeah. Well, I think I would think as well that uh, boba, like, it would be associated with a tapioca thing, right? Yeah, it's the same. And so you wouldn't want... you just burst. You want people to know these are coffee, they're not tapioca. Yeah, they're pearls. So that for me, <laughs> I will be interested, because I am interested, I just would want to try it in a hot drink, so, unless, uh, again, that would melt them and it just mix in and then yeah, that would be boring.
21: cold drinks. There's yeah. two new drinks, In the
15: Dark... Uh huh.
21: It's their mysterious. Yeah,
15: that is uh, popping that's pearl one. Vague, isn't it?
21: And then they have an iced chai tea latte with coffee pearls. So that's the two drinks that they're testing in uh, Palm Desert, in Bellevue, in Washington. So mm. if you're in those two areas for California or Washington, you can possibly try one of their new boba. Well, it's not boba. No, it's popping, popping pearls. pearls.
18: Yeah.
15: Well, that's- I'm uh, I'm intrigued if this ever makes it uh, national. I'll definitely give it a shot. I'll finally get to initiate into the popping pearl world.
21: Well, I'll try boba first, though. No,
15: I don't. I don't like tapioca. Do this, they make other flavors?
21: No, it's it's made out of tapioca.
15: Yeah, so I it's don't not, think I, I don't think I would like that.
21: Okay, in your mind, if you're thinking it's like tapioca pudding, uh-huh. it's not like that.
15: I know, but I like. It's still tapioca it? something.
21: It is, okay. You, you know what? Just one day, just open your heart uh huh, and let it in if you happen to be near a boba place. No,
15: I, I feel like Isaiah right now. <laughs> Haven't had it. Don't want to try it. Hated it. it. <laughs> yeah. You just heard the worst of the
14: worst. We'd give you the best of the best, but we'd have to find that. As soon as we
1: do, you'll
4: be the first to know.